in a world that definitely isn't apocalyptic. So stop buying all the damn toilet paper. But please don't stop buying Aquafina. Two idiots who love many forms of entertainment have tons of content on that topic. Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the last of the gentleman sleuths, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. What an absolute shit show the world is right now. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, not much, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our Flick of the Week, Spectre. But first, Al... What are we drinking? I think you called me the last of the gentlemen sleuths when we did Knives Out, but I, I don't care that you did it again. I still, I like it. I, I I love it. I think when you said it, I said, I wish to be called that at all times. More I'm often. going to put it on my business card one day. Yeah. And, and seeing as how we may be running out of time, what better time than now? <laughs> well, it's entirely possible that even despite that cold open saying that we distinctly are not in the apocalypse, if things were to go apocalyptic... I might very well be the last of the gentlemen sleuths. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, we're drinking from our beloved friends at Newberg Brewing Company, their Lupulin Boss. Uh, this is a collaboration, which they've been doing a lot of. Actually, maybe monthly now? Collaborations uh, with other breweries. Really? This is a collaboration with Alewife Brewing Company. Um, this is from the Boss IPA collaboration series. It's proudly brewed and canned by Newberg Brewing Company. It's a juicy mashup of Mega Boss IPA and Lupulin Vibrations. It's 7.0% by volume alcohol. It is a pint, which we love. Naturally. The Boss IPA Collaboration Series in 2020. How helpful is this? They gave us a little schedule. Uh-huh. This is the one from January with Alewife. The one from February was with Captain Lawrence, which a buddy of mine just told me he picked up. I haven't had it yet. Um, nice. March, just this one actually just came out, I think, last week with the C- the Culinary Institute and Relic Brewing. Um, April cool. will be with Funk Brewing. That's a DeChico specific one, I believe, because they have a contract with the DeChico markets in the lower Hudson Valley, not the okay. ones elsewhere. There's, I think, a weird family split that caused those things to not be associated anymore. I don't understand mm. all of that. May is with Zeus Brewing. June is with Sloop Brewing. Sloop. July is with Industrial Arts, which I think is across the river from me. Um, August is Plan B Farm (laughs) Farm Brewery, which I don't think I've ever had. They've done a a few collaborations with them. I don't think I've had any of them. Um, September is with Peekskill Brewery. October is with Finback Brewery. November Mm. is Rushing Duck Brewery, which is a little brewery about half an hour from me that I've only had once or twice, but they're really good. Um, I don't think they may be canning and bottling now. I'm not sure, but for the longest time you could only buy it in like, if you weren't going to buy it at like a bar or restaurant or whatever, like you can only buy, um, growlers from them, but I'm not sure if they've changed that Mm. since. Uh, and then December as always is their angry egg bird is, uh, are the collaborations always boss IPA? I believe, well, this is the Boss IPA collaboration series of which they're doing all of those, but okay. other collaborations that they've done in the past and I'm sure in the future aren't always bosses. Oh, okay. That's cool. the majority of them, though. Well, this beer has been smelling delightful for the past 15 minutes right? as it's been open and airing out on my desk, so cheers. It's, it's the little pool, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that'll do it. That's what I needed. It's, it's the beer that I both needed and deserve. Yeah, I, you could say that. Uh, 
double for me. Mm. Not not to make it a contest, but uh, <laughs> this is delightful. We uh, didn't have an episode last week entirely because I was so exhausted. That is my fault, guys. We rescheduled about three times, and then it didn't work out. We're back. There was also no news, and we were like, "It's not so bad." There's no news, well, and then I wasn't going to be here for the next two weeks, and, and then that here got I am. <laughs> Also, as you were able to tell from the intro and the title. Um, this wasn't a new release because technically there will be no such thing as new releases of movies for a long time. Um, no. So it wasn't like it was a pressing need, but I do feel bad that we missed a recording because I do so enjoy our talks. Um, for sure. And we hope that you do as well. And I just figured I would I would alleviate any blame going towards Anthony because it was 100% my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's, here's the thing. This show is going to be a little bit strange compared to the usual because not only are there no releases for a while there's also not a lot of movie news the majority of that movie news has been this was pushed back this was canceled blah 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 which is like super depressing at this point it's like yeah it's we don't even want to talk about it also well except for like pushed back an entire year is an interesting choice yes Um, (laughs) pushed back six months totally get it sure um because realistically and i'm not a doctor though i have stayed at a holiday inn um we're in for a rough let's call it six weeks two months and what 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 <laughs> what about the holiday Inn? so remember a few years ago when you had zero tv yes do you not remember those commercials then because i thought maybe it predated that but maybe it didn't there was a whole ad campaign by holiday inn where if the, the commercials were there was something some serious conversation going on amongst people on like fields that like just general knowledge wouldn't help so let's say doctors Astro, okay. astrophysicists, stuff like that, you know, with like spacecraft and things like that. And someone would just jump in and interject. And like, it would be like two people like dealing with someone who's in like a medical crisis. And they would like jump in, like, you could do an emergency tracheotomy and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my God, are you a doctor? And he goes, no, but I did just stay at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> <laughs> stupid it's it's insanely stupid uh dumb yes um, dumb so that was your weird little bit of pop culture minutiae that i brought back <laughs> and then um, go to my checklist random tangent yes Check. <laughs> well this is gonna be track. a throwback flicks in a six episode would you say that this episode's gonna be a wild tangent yeah ugh, always um Ooh. with some wild <laughs> yeast i think as well um, oh. <laughs> every time that one makes me want to puke. I know. Um, but anyway, I, if I had to guess, considering the law—well, not laws—the the the the, um, the precautions that are being put into place with the quarantining, with all that sort of stuff—I do hope this will all get back to normalcy in a month or two, or maybe a smidge more. This shouldn't mm. be our normal forever it will pass eventually we will be okay please stop buying all the toilet paper i just don't i don't get that i don't get it either we're not even if this thing goes badly it still can only last so long like we're not gonna lose power across the nation we're not gonna lose they're not gonna like they're shutting down a lot of I'll call them extraneous businesses. It probably doesn't feel extraneous to the people being closed down. And if you're sure. one of the people affected by this, um, I am heartily sorry for you. You have our deepest sympathies. Um, let us know what would make you feel better because we will talk about it on the show. Um, also, seriously. free promotions. 
in all seriousness. Because we don't care. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they're not going to just in mass close down supermarkets and the people that no. supply those supermarkets. Uh, I can say that with a fact because I work for a company that supplies supermarkets. And, the, and I am you know, 100% supplying supermarkets. Yes, that I actually am, well, not quite an expert on, but I do have knowledge of, um, firsthand knowledge of. They're not going to let us starve to death. No. So, yeah, like, government offices will reduce staff and, you know, entertainment of, like, sports and concerts and that sort of thing are going to be canceled because 50,000 people packed into a very small area isn't a super great way to deal with a rampantly running virus. But the point is... Or a great way to get it over with, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, if it was, if it was chicken pox, I would agree. Maybe. <laughs> that, chicken pox party at the, at the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> save some toilet paper for your neighbors. Save some hand sanitizer for your neighbors. Don't hoard 18,000 bottles in Tennessee. I simply can't spare a square. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep, don't have a square to spare. But keep buying Aquafina, specifically. We're not endorsing Aquafina on this show. Well, we're not endorsed by Aquafina on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, the, uh, there are, like, a couple, like, of random, random things that have crossed my mind. Um, we, we'll, we'll go through, movie-related, that will go, <laughs> there's a lot of random things that are crossing my mind. For example, this chair that I just bought, I'm realizing now, is way less creaky than the last one. Nice. And therefore, I don't have to cut out pops, which is really nice. <laughs> um, I also apparently move a lot during an episode. Yes. Uh, very very fidgety person. We the thing is, each of us um, has our own tick. You, it's rotating back and forth. Sure. Me, it's constantly <laughs> switching from one leg being up to the other. Oh, I'm doing. I'm so, so yeah. I, but I undercross the leg, so I've got like the the leg what like the half cross leg with the one leg dangling, and I keep switching that, and that's usually where all the creaks and cracks come in. See, I know that this leather is going to sound like I'm ripping ass constantly, so I usually try to <laughs> mute it before I move my legs. And- you ever just rub your leather, Mike? Uh, <laughs> one of the things that um, before all this, I was because I, I take notes throughout the week uh, when we're, you know, in between our episodes of like a news article or a story that I'll come across that I want to talk to Al. Yeah, about. I, I and, do too. Yeah, uh, the last one before all hell broke loose was people clamoring for who they want to play the next Joker, and I was just wanted to ask. Why? <laughs> like, there's a whole my quota's, lot. My quota's full of jokers for it's, a bit. We're done. We're done with that. We're done with that for at least 15 years. Well, realistically, it'll be five. Um, sure. 15 sounds like a solid plan, but after, like, two, I think, like, you would be, like, ready to have the conversation about who might be the next Joker in the future. Sure. And then it's like, if we could hold off on that for maybe another five years, great. But then, like, all these things were coming in. Like, I want this person. I want that person. They're all named actors. Like, actors that you know. Um, Specifically, Johnny Depp kept coming up a bunch. And I'm just like, can we just just get somebody random? I think somebody random could probably do a better job. Well, I just... It's just going to be a different version of Jack Sparrow. Right, exactly. Which, like, we've seen that... A lot. So mm-hmm. let's try something new. Second, like, let's do something, like, dramatically new. Like, Ledger's Joker, while sharing some 
similarities was substantially different than the Nicholson Joker. And again, mm-hmm. the Leto Joker shared some similarities with them, but for the most part was dramatically different. Again, let's try and do something different again. The wild tangent of Jokers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something different. Something different. Even even the uh, even the Gotham show did a decent job with with their their version of the Joker, and I wasn't like again. I was just like because the whole show was whacked, like because it's all over the place. It's like oh, so I didn't young, see that young one. Bruce. Yeah, it's weird. The Victor Zaz, greatest character in that <laughs> in that show. So good. Wow. He's the uh, uh, wow. Uh, his name just it was on the tip of my tongue. It's gone. Barry. He's in Barry. He's bald. Oh, Anthony Carrigan. Thank you. Uh, so good in that show. Uh, now, the question I have is, I take it. have you seen any Barry? Is he just doing a version of NoHo Hank? Oh, of what? NoHo Hank. That's his name in Barry. That's, a, that's his name in Barry? No. Uh, no. Um, well, Gotham was before Barry, wasn't it? Pretty sure. Um, well, I mean, I don't know what, at what point in the run, but they did overlap. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, no, he's, he just does like a... He's just like a really creepy, like, I don't know, he's, he's just, he just plays, it's a, just an interesting take on the character, and he's strange. He's not over the top. Uh, well, no, that's not true. Everybody on that show is over the top. Uh, he is, he is perfectly over the top for the show. <laughs> well, you already know that the Joker is going to be over the top in some way. So, mm. if you had a Joker that wasn't over the top, it might be a letdown. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sorry. I would. Th- I was talking about the Barry guy playing Victor's as as not. Oh, that's true. Sorry. I. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> but anyway. We're still in Joker. Yeah. No. no, no, no. no. It, it's just. It's just. It's too soon. It's too soon. There's plenty of characters that like you've revisited the same well over and over and over again. You could. Re- there's even other wells you could revisit <laughs> that haven't been. <laughs> you know. Well, what, know. what I've we'll liked, even with the overall failure that the Leto Joker was, what I've liked of each of the three. Um, like cinematic jokers, mm. they've all been to some extent a product of their time in the real world, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I guess most specifically, obviously, the Ledger one, but still, yeah, Joel Jack Nicholson had like that. Well, he had like the legit gangster vibe and a little bit of anarchy. Uh, the Joker was like. A failing system making somebody think the uh, Ledger's Joker. Yeah, <laughs> I said the Joker, which is also accurate. You could that he is the one. Uh, wow, we totally like, forgot about the fourth Joker, a fourth cinematic Joker that was like six months ago. Six months ago, you just said the Joker, Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix one. We just oh my god, wow, yeah, you're right. It's funny because I, I we did that episode. I didn't really like him. You really well, sorry, I didn't really like the movie. You really did. The fact that mm-hmm. both of us forgot it is really odd actually <laughs> you know what it was it, it's the it was the lack of batman context that's what it is yes that's that's what'll do it but um yeah it's i i'm i'm actually i'm i'm interested in the in the in the upcoming batman movie whenever that may be well they uh suspended the um they suspended the production on that as they did with just about everything oh for else. sure oh yeah for sure but uh the movies will come back it'll just be some time i just I worry about the theaters. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of theaters that well that were already heading their way towards closing, and this is definitely going to hasten that, along with For a sure. lot of other businesses too, which is really it, it's, it sucks. it's sad. Yeah, it really is. So our thoughts are with you. Uh, we're watching a lot of things, so we decided to talk about what we're watching 
Because we figured either you guys are watching it while you're quarantined or laid off or whatever. And you're going to be watching more and more if things continue to close down the way they are. So let's talk about what we're watching. The mega edition. Before we get into the actual list, just looking at my list and the size of it next to the one that you gave me, which is less than half, uh, is... um, it's weird because we've done like a role reversal in the last month. Typically, I'm the one watching 37 things and you're watching like six. And now you're right. well, like thing though. 18 things and I gave you six. Maybe only two of these things have been added since. Like I, I was just watching them, I guess, low key over the past few months and like not realizing how many things I actually had going. Yeah. Because so many of these series on my list have been ongoing for such a long time. Yes. But how do you want to get into this? Let's start with the ones that we decided were the joint ones. Let's start with the one okay. that's airing live right now, which I know you were excited about talking. Maybe doing a Saul watch. A post-show chat. Post-show yeah. chat, which maybe we can pick that up next Call week. Call Saul after the show? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, maybe we'll pick that up next week. Well, because sure. it's good, because but, we can talk about the first, what is it, four or five episodes? Yeah. Which is, I, I don't know how long the season's going to be, uh, assuming that's where we're at. The halfway mark, or almost there? Uh, I forget if they run it as 10 or more. Uh, yeah. Well, we're, we're calling... We haven't said the actual title, which is Better Call Saul, if you're not familiar. Uh, we've been championing Vince Gilligan's work for a very long time here on the show. And, uh, man, it came back after, like, a... What is it? Like a 16-month <laughs> break or something like that? And it's... Something like that. It's... Real good this season. Yeah, we're at the halfway mark. There's, that was episode five was uh, was Monday out of ten. It's this show is just something. There's just something special about it. It's like I, uh, you would think it's just like a, you know, just a spinoff. Can't be as good, right? Maybe trending lately towards better. I, I think it's. I think it may have overtaken it like a couple seasons ago, actually. Mm. At. Well, the, the episode that everyone seems to talk about as its crowning achievement of this show so far is Chicanery, which was about halfway through season three. Phenomenal episode, excellent season of television, and mm. it's been excellent ever since. It really, it's just, it really is so good. And it's, it's got me on the edge of my seat. I, you know what's so fascinating to me about Better Call Saul is that we, we know where this leads for the most part. We know where his story leads. It's doing this weird thing of we get these clips of later in his life where we don't know where that goes, and we get these lead-ups to when we were first introduced to Saul, and there's clearly some characters that are no longer in his life, and every, like, I don't know, every two episodes I go, what's going to happen to Kim? The thing is, that's been going on with the internet for, like, five years now, and it's great. It's 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 like oh like because it could it could be anything and like I'm wondering like is he gonna somehow run into her in this old time that we're seeing as well like is she still around who knows um yeah I've been wondering about that myself are we gonna find out that he goes back and finds her like throws caution to the wind right. is she gonna seek him out in some way is she gonna see him on TV because his whole lie has been exposed. Right. Are we going to find out that she's dead somehow? Or are we just going to find out that she's left him and crossed the country or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I'm I'm so curious. You, it feel, The whole show feels like a powder keg. 
because like it's gonna explode in the the show feels like a powder keg it's gonna explode in some way or another at some point i just don't know how or like what that damage is gonna be i wonder (laughs) hang on hang on i'm picturing you right now after a show ends and you're you've got your hands in in front of your face wondering like like mr burns yeah i didn't sentence correctly sneakily i i want i wonder if sneakily (laughs) that kim could have been there all along because Hmm. a lot of people have been saying this has been saul's breaking bad but you can make the argument that saul and jimmy have always been the same person right Sure. That there's been a constant struggle between those two personas within him. That Mm -hmm. unlike Walter White, who truly broke bad, one, Saul had never been that bad of a person. Slipping Jimmy was never that bad of a person to begin with. Most of his hijinks were pretty innocuous. Um, Yeah. Very rarely did anyone get hurt in any way that mattered. And the few people that do kind of had it coming to them, with the exception Mm -hmm. of Chuck, obviously. Um, Sure. And that wasn't really the result of Saul stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wonder, somehow, and we talked about this last year, I think, with the last season, that Kim had risen from supporting character to nearly her own co-lead of the show. Mm-hmm. And how excellent um, Rhea Seahorn has done in that role. We've demanded that she get a emmy for this and she has not yet but <laughs> we've i don't seen feel heard over the, what's that <laughs> i don't feel heard <laughs> i agree um <laughs> as we've been watching this i have begun to wonder in the last season and a half is this actually kim's breaking bad hmm. and could they be setting up a situation in which she has embraced more and more of saul's bullshit right even in her she she's gone from embracing the things that seem very innocent like them scamming some guy because they don't actually take the money right right it was just a fun little thrill ride just a game just a game um they didn't cash a check so nobody got hurt well that guy paid for that expensive tequila but other than that um and then she starts to embrace what saul is or at least accept what saul is and find ways to separate the two. Mm-hmm. And then she helped Saul become Saul. And now she's asked for Saul's help in righting her own wrongs. Mm-hmm. And might not this be her version of Breaking Bad? So could they be setting up a situation where Kim's been there all along in the background of Breaking Bad? We just never saw Saul's home life to know. It, man, it's, it's possible. And play separate to protect her. I also thought, like, that she's not, like, Jimmy has, like, the history of doing these, like, pulling off these hijinks, right? Like, and doing these, like, crazy things. He's done it for a long time. I feel like if she's coming in, like, she's coming in, like, hot with some of the stuff that she's doing, if that, is she just gonna, like, go to federal prison for a very long time? <laughs> like, because, like, she's gonna get caught up in something really bad because she's not used or to it. might she take the fall for Saul? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Oh, man. It's... I'm really curious where the show's gonna go. Anyway, Better Call Saul is tremendous. (laughs) I'm very happy with it this season. 
been I'm happy with very it for happy a while with it. I was I'm very happy with it basically at all times. Um, but yeah. yeah, this season has in no way, shape, or form disappointed. Um, about the only thing maybe you could say that's disappointing is the the show in general doesn't necessarily do a lot of credit to Gus. Like Gus's sure. storylines feel very fan servicey because he is already the Gus that we know in Breaking Bad. This isn't really a lot of development sure. of him. But yeah, that's, on the other that's hand, true. you you have they're to leaning have into him. it a little bit in the last episode that they might be heading there, but we'll see. Well, the point is basically you have to have him. You have to have him fully formed in order to pull Mike and Saul into his world. True, and also for him to be as established as he is at the time frame of Breaking Bad, he has to have been doing this for a while. Exactly. His whole, so. the flashback in Breaking Bad to to him and his start is years and years, like 20 years or something like that, 15 years before this, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's not much you can do about that. He has to be fully formed in this world. Um, and I would say this season specifically, um, while there has been some development of Mike, they've largely sidelined him. Yeah, it's almost like they they wanted to make him a part of it um, to add a little bit more of a, like, to be able to draw, like, a thicker line between this and um, Breaking Bad, and then, like, trailed off a bit. It does seem like they're imminently going to be ramping his story up a lot. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has felt like through the first half of this season, some of those times in, like, Game of Thrones where it's like, Okay, we need to keep this actor or actress, and we need to keep this character like on hand, but they don't really matter right, right now. So we'll just have them pop in like three times this season, and then next season they're going to be in it a ton. Sure. You know what's what's crazy to me is like the shows. This is the sixth season or fifth. I believe this is the fifth. I think next season is the sixth and final. Right. Okay. And how many seasons was Breaking Bad? I think five. But the so, first season was short, and the second, and the fifth season was long. Right. So the, what's weird to me is that it, it, this is going to be about as long, if not a little bit longer. It'll be one extra season, but the episode count, I think, will only be slightly longer. It's only going to be like two or three right. episodes longer. But that being said, I didn't watch Breaking Bad live, right? I caught up with it for the, for the final half of the final season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So watching all of those episodes, like binge style like two episodes monday three episodes tuesday you know like like really like like burning through that series catching up and then tapering off as they were released on sundays the series felt like so long to me and this one feels short it's funny this one feels short and yet i feel like i extremely have forgotten a lot of the details of right. the first two seasons. The the distance between, well, specifically the last two seasons, the distance between them was too great. And uh, when you, because they're so inter, the storyline is there and like so intertwined, there's all these little nods and little hints throughout. If you're not watching them one after the other, it's very hard to remember or pick up on those things. When I was watching Breaking Bad, I was able to spot things like, seasons down the line because it hadn't been that long since i watched the other one yeah whereas in this i know that there's certain things there and eventually they'll dawn on me and i'll be like oh right like that thing or like that character but it's it's hard to keep track of that stuff in between seasons and week on a week to week basis and the hiatus between this season and the last season probably would have begged something of a rewatch mm-hmm. um and i 
I kind of regret not getting to that. Um, I what I realized, and this will just be my mention of it on this at this point. I'm watching fairly slowly the second season of Altered Carbon. I'm about halfway through that season, and there's only one season of material we're talking about, but it was similar break, like a year and a half or so since the mm. first season came out. And I realized, like, I remember the big picture of what happened in the first season, some of the big twists and turns and character development stuff. There's a lot of details that I completely forgotten. They're talking about these things and, like, naming people who, like, aren't around anymore in season two, and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember that at all. Right. That's so, that's so, it's so weird. You almost feel like you're not a part of it. <laughs> it's funny, because that show, I've mentioned it a couple times here, uh, we've discussed it, and I really, really enjoyed the first season of Vaulted Carbon. I'm not saying it was good, just that mm-hmm. I, it's an enjoyable show to watch. It is a I, fun uh, season. Moments before we started recording, I was texting with a buddy from one of my old jobs, a uh, friend of the show, Charlie Sharble, and he was asking me if I had ever watched it, and I said no, and he goes, he was, ex- he was expressing that I should watch it, and that the first season is medium good, but entertaining. <laughs> yeah, which is what I've, what I've said to you, too, is like, yeah. I wouldn't say it was good, but it is very entertaining. It's just... It's good adjacent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just bonkers. Like, you're just going to have a good time yeah. watching it because it's, like, nuts. And, like, there's some I'm really down, down dark, serious stuff. But, like, it's just so quirky and weird at times. that are, And there's just some little moments that are like, this is a blast. Uh, and there's some mm-hmm. really great action scenes, too. Um, and it just, it worked. Even though the, it, like, it was much, very much greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. Um, and this season, I think, is made a little bit higher quality, but it does not have the same spark of inspiration. Um, it's mm. just kind of generic. Like, it's not it's just bad, there. but it's just like, and I don't know. Is it a there's no one. Or? Sp- like, no, not even that, really. There's no one specific thing I can point to that's wrong with it. It's just. The alchemical mix that made the first one so great between writing, direction, acting, um, and stunts, like, all of that, and, like, just overall vibe and tone. Yeah. It just worked, and for whatever reason, that mixture is off, and I don't know Mm. what it is. I mean, part of it, the easiest thing to point to would be the cast is very different. Okay. Because Joel Kinnaman is no longer playing Takashi Kovach. It's now Anthony Mackie. Um, which... I like him. Sounds... Uh, I do too, and yet... And I... Uh, the weird thing is, I like Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie, and I don't like Joel Kinnaman. Right. But Joel Kinnaman... I'm with you. ...was really good as the F- Takashi Kovach character in the first season. And mm. for whatever reason, I haven't been drawn to Mackie's portrayal of him. Um, which, you know, now there's a third actor who also plays the original Takashi Kovach. You know, he's actually an Asian actor, as one would expect. Um, and in those flashback scenes, and I won't say how, he's in the second season as well, both in flashback and otherwise. He is really good in his specific version of the character. Okay. Uh, much less screen time than the other two guys. Um... And there's really only one other actor who is in common, because there's really only one other character who's in common between the two seasons. And I don't actually, I can't even, I don't even know what the actor's name is off the top of my head. 
But he plays a character named Poe. He is an artificial intelligence who runs an AI hotel called The Raven, I think. Oh. <laughs> or, <laughs> and he's it, the whole thing is themed around Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. <laughs> oh my god. And he is a great... Getting, getting vibes of the following. Yes. Um, he's a <laughs> tremendous character in the first season. And he still is in this season, too. It's a great job. But the, the cast would be the easy thing to point to. But there's a lot of really good actors and actresses in this new season. Um, whereas the first season was pretty no-name. Um, other than Joel Kinnaman. Mm. And... Actually, it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing with the following because James Purefoy was in the first oh. season too. <laughs> um, that's funny. But the actually the the bigger thing that's probably the issue is Leia Calagridis wasn't. She's not the showrunner anymore. She stepped back from the first season. She's still producing. I think she's still. That feels like a a, a possible reason for the change. I know. She, it, but it's harder. Like it's it's a less tangible thing to grab onto. I agree sure. that's probably it, but it's not the first thing you're going to think of. Like, she still sure. was involved. Like, she's still producing. I think she wrote the first episode of the first season and maybe directed it, too. I don't. I'm, I actually don't remember that. Like, I think she co-wrote some of the other ones or whatever, but she's not in charge anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think that's the bigger issue, but it's harder to pinpoint what specifically isn't working that was then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I just gotcha. the whole thing. Yeah. Huh. All right. So, well, we jumped We jumped a little bit. We jumped to Al's list. Sorry, for, I didn't for... mean to. I no, just, it's it, good. It, was, it's good. Uh, it seemed like a sensible jumping off point in that. Yeah, it made, that it made sense. Uh, while we're but, uh, still with Saul, is there anything else before we close that topic? No, I think, we, I, I think it's just, uh, it's, worth, it's worth your time. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. I, and beforehand, I wouldn't have even, like... You don't. You don't have to see Breaking Bad. There's just an. It's. It's just the tether that like brought a, a like a fan base to the show. It. It does not. You don't even need it. You don't. You don't need Breaking Bad to enjoy the show. Or if you've never watched Breaking Bad, I'm sure it's probably blasphemous to say it, but you might be better served watching Saul mm. first and just watching it chronologically. That actually could be really fun. It's the same like thing, to, like, it's, again, it's probably blasphemous to suggest, but watching Star Wars chronologically, you know? Well, uh, yeah, today, for sure, because nobody doesn't know the twist. Yeah. You know, even if you've never seen it. Yeah. So, so watch it in order and see it build and ebb and flow, like, with the tech over time. It's pretty cool. Um, it also puts you in a weird spot with the, an interesting spot with visual effects, and it's just like... It's really you're really able to understand the time in which the movies were made in a really great way if you do that be, just because they're all they're in three movie chunks it actually makes it even more it's just, it's probably such a great thing to study in film school just from like as far as like the tech goes editing styles like it's it's all like there's three blocks of time that are demonstrated <laughs> throughout the yeah. that saga and it's actually really cool huh. yeah uh, other thing. Well, the only other overlap that we have is a tremendous little ditty that's in its final season, called Shit's Creek. <laughs> I love this show so much. I don't. I have not left out loud this much for a television show in a long time. Really? They they just do things, and honestly, it's 
the character chemistry, like the actor chemistry, is there. They all they all seem to be having a, a great time. Like you get, there's so many times where you'll catch an actor laughing that they did not edit out, and it's so good. It makes me so happy to see that. Yeah, it's almost uh, Saturday Night Live, like where it's like someone in the background breaks, and it doesn't mm-hmm. break the scene because it doesn't matter. And honestly, in that moment, that character could have been forgiven for breaking. Absolutely. It's like 90% of the time it's Stevie. Yes. But still. Yes. It's, it, <laughs> but it's, as soon as you said it, I was like, wait, is that really a thing? And I was thinking about it, I was like, I feel like Stevie's done that a few times. Stevie's done it. Uh, I, David has definitely done it. And Patrick occasionally is, he tries his hardest not to break. Noah Reed, he tries his hardest not to break, but you see it, him very tightly clenching his lips together so that he doesn't smirk. I feel like he is displaying to us what I heard described or read described by Mary Steenburgen and, and Richard Jenkins when they were shooting um, Step Brothers. Mm. When they talked about the fact that they had both done comedy before but had never done something with so much improv. Uh-huh. And the two of them feeling intimidated by... John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, despite the fact that they're much older than them and right. were veterans of acting of all forms, you know, and <laughs> to then come to work with those guys and just watch them riff with Adam McKay and just like Adam McKay would like just set the scene and let them do it and like they're riffing and then the two of them trying to get on their level and they were like talking about how often they would break is like, how do you guys do this? And I feel like uh, Patrick is like like the proxy that is like yeah. for like Mary Steenburgen and, and Richard Jenkins where it's like how do you guys do this cuz he's like the latest arrival of the main cast right he's obviously. the outsider he's the cast member uh he's like he, I'm sorry he's the viewing member of the cast like he's us yes. in the scene it's so it's so funny it, he's he it really the show is so good it's so cleverly written it is not malicious in any way yeah even it's though like, they rip each other constantly it it's never endearing. Yeah, well, it ends up becoming endearing. Like, it never Mm -hmm. feels... Like, even, like, the harshest things that are ever said, they always find a way to soften them afterwards. Uh, 100%. Roland shit has been completely savage to Johnny this entire season, and it's hilarious, but heartwarming. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. It... I'm sad to see that the show is ending, because I... Obviously, only this year did we become acquainted with it, and, uh, it's difficult to watch on a weekly basis because it feels so short when you're just watching one episode each week. Yeah. It's tough. But it's, uh, you know, oh. I'll, I'll share a funny conversation or a funny revelation from a few weeks ago. Um, my sister Gianna just recently made the connection that Chris Elliott was rolling shit and the butler from Scary Movie 2. Because mm. mm. we... Yeah, well, we've had a running joke about the strong hand slash my germs thing in the house uh-huh. for a long time, and yeah. it just finally clicked for her. The <laughs> same person. I he, was like, "How?" <laughs> he makes himself intentionally makes himself so gross every time Some- in every moment, and just when you think it can't get grosser, he goes. And yeah. I just want to puke. <laughs> he is always so gr- even something about Mary, like every every role yeah, oh, he's yeah. in with his like boils. 
as he's like scratching himself throughout the movie. You know what these are, Mary? They're called love blisters. <laughs> <They're- laughs> I actually was just watching that scene the-, the other day. I watched like the last like 20 minutes of the movie the other day. It was on TV. There's a great scene in Schitt's Creek where, uh, <laughs> where Johnny's teaching Roland how to golf. Yes. And when we, uh, when Kim and I went to see them live, they were talking about doing that scene, and it was like one of the longest takes they had because they just couldn't get it without somebody <laughs> cracking. And just when they finally got it, Stevie laughs out loud in the background. They have to reshoot it, and they they show the they show the blooper reel, and it's uh, the the gag reel. It's so it's so good. And when he uh, the bloopers so, about takes from that show must be so great. Oh god! And when uh, Johnny's around Roland's back, and he's holding, he's asking him if he's how he's gripping the glove the the club. And ask him if he's using a certain technique, and Roland responds with this, this ridiculous pronunciation of what I assume to be a French word or name, the way that he says it, and and that's when Johnny loses it and he starts laughing, but he doesn't stop holding him in the scene, so he's just he's basically hugging him from behind and cracking up, and it's so funny, it's so good. God, that show! If you if you need it. Everybody needs a laugh, right? Every, especially now, you need you need a laugh. I Go know, back. Show is so funny. We got six seasons. Uh, it, uh, all the them show are builds for the newest one. It just builds and builds and builds in comedy. It gets funnier and funnier as the show goes on. There's a point where it reaches like peak funny to me is when they have a, a sleepover party and we get drunk Ted. That's one of my favorite characters, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah. it's it's funny and funnier. Like ah. Uh, it's it's cleverly written. It's so emotional. There's there's no hatred. That I think that is a a standout feature of the show. There's no hatred, which I yeah, really appreciate. Nothing ever feels that mean spirited. And the few mm-hmm. things that are, you, they find a way to work around them to the point where it's like, okay, this really is from a place of love, even <laughs> though it didn't feel like it at the very first second. The show where one character can tell another character to eat glass and you just laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that wraps up what we're watching together. Well, surprisingly. Actually, I, I had two other things we want to, if we want to continue on with the joint uh, things, because yeah. they're things that you're watching okay, that, that I've already watched. watched. We can so keep going with that. We can do those. Uh, let's start off with High Fidelity. Okay. I didn't. So, you didn't tell me you officially started watching it. I know you. That's uh, because I to started today before this episode. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so we're two episodes in. Nice. Uh, I I'm liking it. I okay. I so far so good. I'm not like super hooked on it just yet. Uh, I think Kim's even a little bit less uh, interested right now. But we're she's gonna keep giving it a few more. Um, that's surprising. I I can't 100 percent remember. It was after. Two or three episodes, I was like totally sold. The second episode is tremendously better than the first. Yes, um, but I was I was okay with, with the first. Pilots. Oh, for sure, and I was actually okay with it. I was like, uh, we 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 paused after the first episode. She was like, "So, what did you think?" And I was actually, like, I thought it was, it was a pilot. I was like, actually, after now that you mention it, since we were just talking about it, I did not really like the first episode of Shit's Creek. I was like, mm. I don't really get pilots this. are like, tough. I, I laughed like one time during the first episode, and then mm-hmm. it immediately picks up with the second episode and gets into a pretty solid groove. Well, p- pilots are always so disorienting, right? Because you're not familiar with anybody. They have to do their best to cram the information in. It is, 
I can't pilot. I know. I know that you have to give any show two episodes at least. Yeah. Um. By the second episode, you don't have to have me, but you have to have me come back for the third. And by the third, you need to hook me. Otherwise, it's over. Um, yeah. I, I, they all kind of blur together with me because I watched them in such quick succession because I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. But it was somewhere in the, like, let's call it the transition between episode two and three that Ivanelli really hooked me. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like it's getting there. Um, here, the, my only issue. So, actually, well, sticking with the good for a little bit. Uh, her name is. Rob, I'm assuming Robin. Yes. Um, so Rob, she's great. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> the one of her five breakups, the one that still works with her, that didn't know he was gay. Yeah. That guy is acting his ass off in this show. Yeah. He is. I feel like he's completely on top of his character. He knows, like, he's got the ins and outs of somebody that is, like, super into records, like, mannerisms, the way that he's taking care of them. Even in the back, even when he's not the focal point of any scene, he's doing something that is, like, he's still that guy. Yeah. Which is, like, he he's he's a noticeably good actor in this show. And I he's actually, he he's hooked me. There's, it's funny, there's ups and downs to, like, his total screen time. But sure. I think it's the second to last episode or the third to last episode. They just totally pivot. And the episode is, is him. He takes. The oh, cool. Seat. That's awesome. So uh, music is tremendous in the show. It's really it's really good. Uh, I feel like so far two episodes in, we've sampled like 50 greatest hits of all time. <laughs> yeah, that, that is like wildly different genres. Too. Oh, yeah. It's all over the place in, in a really good way. It's all over the place. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, the only thing, Kim pointed something out to me that's making it a, a little bit hard to completely get into the style is that we, it is a mashup of Fleabag and Lovesick. Yes. And Fleabag does what it does so well that this almost seems like it's mimicking it. I mean, it's uh, definitely a thing that's become super popular since Deadpool came out. Sure, but there's doing it right, and there's there's just doing that thing that everybody else is doing, and uh, talking to the camera does it feels a little bit forced in this show. Um, at, I guess in certain scenes, overall, I liked it as a mechanic. I think they're pretty judicious with it because mm. there's some episodes where they do it more, and some episodes where they do it less. Okay, well, we'll we'll see. Like I said, I'm only two in. Um. And I, but, I haven't seen Fleabag, so I can't compare the two of them. Okay. I just thought that this does a perfectly fine job of the fourth wall break thing. There, I, this is a very, very minor, barely a spoiler. Uh, it's a thing done in Fleabag, but it's done so well with British humor that is just so perfect in the moment when it's happening. Uh, with the fourth, with the fourth wall breaking, and it's done very quickly mid conversation really well that's i that's my favorite version of doing that like when something like when they turn they go what and they look back and they continue the conversation like when they do stuff like that it really gets me well what i was gonna say the really the best version of that that i've seen is from especially early on in house of cards um i thought that was a strong mechanic i thought that oh yeah yeah that was that was actually pretty cool yeah um the other the, the so the thing that I that they do differently is 
no one acknowledges usually when the person talks to the camera unless it's like very unless it's breaking the fourth wall over and over like deadpool or something like that like you usually don't no other character in the scene usually acknowledges that somebody's breaking the fourth wall but in this show in fleabag there's a character that he just sees people for like what they are and who they are and when she breaks it he goes what just happened there <laughs> and like he doesn't know what she did she he doesn't he doesn't recognize the thing that she just said he just knows that she went outside and like was like the way that she was experiencing this and it's just it makes their their like uh their relationship like super strong and like them so compatible it's really it's really well done it's just like an added mechanic on top of that breakage it's really good that reminds me when later on in Scrubs, when they started to make it an in-joke that other characters would notice when JD was doing the cutaways. <laughs> I still, That's a show I need to get back to. Yes, correct. Um, there's sure. one thing in High Fidelity I noticed that you haven't mentioned yet, and it was even from the first episode something that I keyed into that was one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's Sharice. <laughs> she cracks me up. Just about every time she opens her mouth. There is a uh, second episode. She she shines from the from like yeah she's she's absolutely ridiculous. That and first scene where she's like dancing through the store yeah, and singing just cracked me up. And especially when when Rob is telling uh, is talking either to you or to somebody else about the people that she loves. Oh, to you about the people that she would call if there's 24 hours left. And she says, "I guess Sharice like that." <laughs> That was really funny to me. But, uh, yeah, she's, she's, you know what it is? A character that is just who they are. It's yes. just so, uh, it's just, I love it. That's but, what uh, it is. Like, the, she's just totally in her own skin. A hundred percent. But uh, one of my, the, in the second episode, really cracked me up is the person coming into the record store to buy the Michael Jackson album. And it's just a really, it's a. It's and an, she won't it, let him buy that. It's so funny. The whole interaction. Uh, they need a ruling. They need yes. Rob to come out and decide whether or not it's okay to buy this album. And then yeah. when she eventually says, you guys decide, they rock, paper, scissor for who actually has to make the transaction. Because nobody wants to do it because they all feel guilty about it. Yes. It's I, so I think good. that's a riff on something from the movie, too. It was not Michael Jackson, obviously, considering sure. the time. But there was another version of that in the, in the movie. Which also, I'm guessing, meant there was one of those in the book, too. I don't I know would assume so. read it or watch it. Did you see the movie? No. It's funny because I didn't realize that, but one of the articles you wrote a few months ago, your like title image thing was a gif of, of Jack Black, and mm -hmm. I had no idea what that was from, and that's from that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I, I, I'm actually pretty sure that I've put it on like and fallen asleep to it. Like, I, I used to put movies on all the time like as I was going to bed, mm. like, and uh, I would just fall asleep. So I've seen as many movies as I've seen. I've also seen half of a lot more. <laughs> See, I, I've done that thing too but I will never put on something I haven't seen before mm. because it would piss me off so much to fall asleep on it and have seen part of it and not know how that ended fair enough fair enough um, no it's I'm, I'm interested I want to I want to keep going so far and it sounds like in the next episode will probably hook me the second episode is just it is already like it's already a step ahead of the previous like and it the it's just a weird thing. You have to establish the characters and all that. And then, like, you kind of have an idea of who they are. So from the second episode... The second episode opens with that Michael Jackson thing, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's in the first couple minutes, yeah. Which is, like, real... And, like, but you already kind of understand these characters. So it's so funny to see them have that interaction because you get them. And I realize... Um, 
I, I, I feel like a lot of shows and writers, they were afraid to give you that immediately. There's no reason they couldn't just do that out of the gate. Yeah. You know, I don't like they don't need to hold my hand. Dive in. I'll catch up. Like you, uh, you need set up like the opening sequence. You need set up as to like her heartbreak with Mac. Sure. But you don't actually need a ton of setup for her relationship with Sharice and Simon. You're right. No. And if you if you backfill them later, it'll have that much more of an impact. Yeah, I agree. You can reverse slightly that order of operations, right? Where you pick right up with them bantering and then figure out if it doesn't matter if it happened in the second or third episode to find out that her and Simon were a thing until he found out or yeah. came out that he was gay, right? Like that doesn't need to be something on the front end before right. we establish then what the nature of their relationship is. If it's we talked like- about like all of her, if like it starts off with like her top five breakups of all time, like, and she's going through them. If we find, if she doesn't tell you all of them and then like, I don't know, five episodes in, we're talking about Simon uh, and like that one time we dated, oh yeah, he was number four. Like that would be, that would be like a really fun execution of that. Well, it's weird because, well, what was the second episode about? I forget. Like they all start to blur together to me. What was the second episode about? The found engagement ring. Oh, so you didn't get to her list of breakups yet then. That was the first episode. She did the list of all five breakups. No, no, no. But then she goes and visits all of them. Oh, okay. So lovesick style. So I think that's the third episode. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it could have just been in part of that where, like, she ends up literally talking to or meeting up with three of the five of them in the third episode, I think. So ah, Okay. Well, that's funny. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm interested to keep going and, and, see, and see how it plays out. Well, the other thing is it's a pretty easy sell because... They're like 23 minute episodes. The short episodes, so. yeah, for sure. Um, where do you want to go from here? Oh, uh, other thing. So, Veep. Oh, we could do Bojack. Uh, so, I am. Bojack, I'm, I'm continuing on. I think I'm still in the first season because I, I put it on here and there. I will admit that I it's not a show that I am super actively watching. Mm um i do find it very funny it's very clever somehow i haven't missed any jokes along the way like like callbacks to things from like three episodes ago like i'm getting so i guess i'm paying attention enough to get that stuff i was saying when you said you weren't watching it actively like it's like eh, that's not really the best way to watch that show because there are so many callbacks to things so if you're getting that that's good there are some things you'll miss in the background though which are most of them are just like ha you know what I mean? Which isn't yeah. the end of the world if you miss them. But there are so many stupid little, whether it be one of the animals, one of the anthropomorphic animals doing an animal oh, thing. Oh, it, 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 that's the stuff that really, that cracks me up. It's the novelty wore off, though, within like five episodes of the show, for me, at least. Yeah. Of, like, I'm it depends just, on what they're doing. It's funny. Like, it's it's like, haha, that thing. I'm like, I'll recap it with, like, tell Kim about like this silly thing that I just saw. Like, and it's funny to me, but it's like, it's not something that I'm. I'm not itching to go to go watch it. I will the, say that I'm I'm deep into Hollywood, and it is it really is a clever thing that they're right? not fixing it. I, I, they're not fixing it, and no one comments on it. It just it's they just all Hollywood. adjusted themselves to it, and that is it for the rest of the and show. and a, a Ryan Seacrest type does get me every time. It cracked me up so much <laughs> the first couple of times. A Ryan Seacrest type, uh, the, I forget the co-host is always like it's like a network TV blonde or something like that. Right, like, right. And then, like, 
the next season there's a different girl and her name is like a different network TV blonde or something like that. <laughs> oh, there was one oh, man. Th- one episode got me. I was laughing qu- quite a bit through it alone. It's always you always know like a show's got got something going for it when I'm if I'm cracking up by myself. I don't laugh out loud usually by myself. I don't know what that's about. Um, but I found myself a couple times with this show doing it. Uh, one in particular was the, was an episode. I don't remember exactly what was going on. We were doing some flashbacks to the 90s. We did the 80s. We did the 90s. Uh, both times, he's driving in his car, singing a typical 80s song, and then singing a typical 90s song. And yeah. si- and like it's a song that's like it's like a f- like it's like a full song in the in the show. And he's saying all of these very 80s and then very 90s things. I'm like, this is so. And it it doesn't it doesn't break. It doesn't take a beat. It just goes through the whole thing. And I'm like. This is abs- like th- does anybody is- and that's like when it's like is somebody else in the room because the absurdity of what's going on right now is re- it's like it's so silly. That's that yes. stuff really that cracks me up. There's so many other the other great running like background thing is there are so many posters and stuff like that in the mm, background yeah. of scenes like especially when they're on the street that are hysterical if you can Yes. Them. Yeah, they're very good. It's very it's it's good. Um I just realized I I I missed an, another thing that I'm watching. That's 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 we're getting it's ridiculous at this point. The list is too long. But anyway, Bo, Bojack's it, it, it's pretty it's it's decent. Um, I it's probably something that I watch slowly over a long period of time because I'm not like itching to put it on. Um, now the other show that you had that I actually just finished I finished in this apocalypse uh, was Veep. Oh, you finished it? Okay. I finished it. I. Veep is very funny, uh, very cleverly written, uh, and entirely too much. Like it's <laughs> the oh sure, it's a, in, in a in not not in a bad way. It's just you know what it is. Every time every, while you're watching the show, when you watch any show, any story, any movie, you're usually rooting for someone or for something or for some outcome, and. You're just in a shitty administration the whole move the whole show, and there's nothing to actually root for. And disagree. You, it it dawns on you in like the sixth maybe. I think I think it, how many? It's seven seasons or six seasons? I think it was seven. All right, so in like the fifth or sixth seasons, I think it hit me when I was like, wait a minute, there's not going to be a good ending to this. No, can't be. And then, well, and then it ended in the best way possible because it it was I guess I think it's around like the second or third season. Where you do find the one character to root for, no. and he becomes president. No, <laughs> is it the third season? Or Who became year? president? <laughs> Who becomes president in the end of the show? Yeah, I forgot. Okay, spoilers for one second right here when Richard becomes president. <laughs> Wait, did he actually become president? He, he's the president of the United States at her funeral. <laughs> well, I for. Oh, wait, was he actually the president? No, because yes. I know he became, like, a senator or something no, like that. No, he's the, he's the president. <laughs> I, so, well, so, so here was the thing. I didn't think he actually was introduced that early. I thought it was a little later on in the show. Oh, okay. But, yes, he's literally the oh, only person that you can read for in the show. The purest of souls in all of television history. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. Um, yeah, and I just couldn't remember his name because I had it stuck. Richard he was named Sa- His name was Sam Splet? in Detroiters. Splet. <laughs> yeah, Richard Splett, that's right. Yeah, no, he's literally the only person who isn't a walking bag of trash. Uh-huh, the thing 100%. is, like, I even wanted to like the daughter, 
and even she oh, God. became totally unlikable. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, the thing is, like, I just felt bad for her because I'm like, she has the worst parents in the world. She yes. never could have been like a fully developed normal human being. Yeah. So like, I absolutely. just felt bad for her. So like, I wanted to root for her just because of all of them, she seemed like the person who most had like the card stacked against her of like just having terrible both nature and nurture. The- and but even she became super annoying by the end. Actually, so if you want to say the only other person and still behind Richard was um, was the daughter's wife, Marjorie. Was that her name? Yeah, Marjorie. She she would was annoying sometimes, but overall, I think she was a decent person. One of my of one of my favorite shticks with Marjorie when she was the FBI agent that was that was guarding <laughs> Secret her. Service, Secret Service. Right? It's Secret Service, and they were and they were like, we had we got you a perfect body double from behind, <laughs> and she's like, no. And then and Marjorie's standing in front of the door, and Ben walks in and just starts talking to her and goes, oh. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that, again. This is a clever thing, a long-running joke. Occasionally, somebody will start talking to her, stop, and realize, and then talk to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, and yeah. That will happen. I don't know. Maybe it happens three, four times in the series, but it's spread out really far along the series. Where like, unless you're in on the joke, it's throwaway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything yeah. when it happens. But if you're in on it. It's so funny when it happens. And the other, the, the um, maybe one of my favorite relationships in television is Ben and Ken. Oh, they're, they're like, they're like Waldorf and Statler. They, oh, 100%. There's a, there's one thing. So it, it reminds me of me and Chris a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Chris will come into my office and he will make all of my DVDs uneven. <laughs> and there's, a, there's one, there's one season that I think it's the series, I think it's the season finale where they're doing like they do a lot they do a they they run stuff during the credits of that show and yes. in this one particular throughout throughout maybe two or three seasons maybe two seasons uh kent is is in his office while somebody's talking to him and he's using a ruler and he's straightening the books on his bookshelf he's making them all even and in this in this post credit like season finale you see ben run into the office and just push random books back <laughs> <laughs> And then kind of laugh and run away. <laughs> it's great so because good. when the when the when the two of them first like interact on the show, they clearly hate each other. Like they're on opposing sides, and then they're forced to work together mm. and somehow become best friends despite their sniping at each other often. Right. Like the two of them actually have quite a lot in common in like their mentality and like Nevada. the way that they like go about things. <laughs> they are actually a really good match. They're 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 great. Uh I love that Kent's a robot, and that every time somebody says something, like uh, uh, the president, Sylvina Meyer, treats him like a robot, and will say random things to him or ask him for information. That like there was one, there's one episode where they're into Fitbits for some reason, and uh, Mike and um, oh, what's her name? Her she, she the secretary that's outside her office. That Kent's oh, in love I with. For, I forgot her name because she disappeared for a couple seasons. She does. It's, it's strange. But anyway, I was so glad that she came back in the final episode. Yeah, definitely. But they, they're tracking their steps on their Fitbit and they're talking about them. And, and Kent goes, why would anybody track their steps on a watch? It's like, why don't you just keep track of it in your head like I do? And he walks into the room and he goes, 3,486. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's her name? The, the, the secretary, wasn't she in the newsroom too? Uh, I think she might have been. I, I'm pretty sure she was, and I 
There's also there's there's one episode where Ken does just, he's trying to figure out how old she is, and he's like, "Godfather was a great movie. Nothing like seeing it in the theater, though. Am I right?" <laughs> so it was so it was such an innocent uh, interaction. I loved it. Sue, and then, uh, that was her name, right? What was it? Sue. Sue. Yeah, that's it. Sue. Um, the and the other my other favorite Kent thing was uh, Selena is talking about. She needs somebody to translate a piece of paper that's written in Mandarin. And she goes, Ken, what is, Kent, what does this say? And he goes, I'm sorry, I don't speak Mandarin. She goes, when did the new Kents come out? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, running, <laughs> the running thing with China always cracked me up because it was like, actually, speaking of The Godfather, I always felt like The Godfather was like, every time it feel like she like, like washed her hands of China, somehow she got pulled back in. Oh, yeah. 100%. That it that okay so that is that was like six or seven seasons of of solid watching yeah uh, if you've got time to kill it's well the only thing my only thing is there are there are things that hit a little too close to home for like current day politics so if you're not in the right state of mind maybe don't watch it right now well that that was one of those like is it a bug or is it a feature situation yeah yeah e. um. But anyway, that we enjoyed it. It was good. It was a good. Uh, it, it was a good run. And uh, while it's not one of my favorite shows of all time, it has some of my favorite characters of all time. It's a damn, damn good show. But yeah, mm. like it wouldn't be like my favorite. But oh, it's not that far away. It was really damn good. My God, there's one thing that we have to talk about in this show that was really dumb. That for whatever, like the the idea of it really is is just so absurd. It's when Jonah gets. The chicken pox, and he continues on his his uh, campaign trail. That is the shape of a penis on a map if you outline it. <laughs> and then on the news, they show the trail of the chicken pox outbreak, and it lines up with his campaign trail. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Jonah on a sh- on a on a on a show that. You're always constantly trying to assess who's the worst. Somehow uh-huh. he always ends up top three and probably pretty clearly number one. Yeah. Him He's and that one senator are, are one and two. Like What's that? Neck and, him and that one senator are one and two. Like neck and neck, uh, I feel like, the entire time. I can't remember his name, but just all the things he said to Robbie from New Girl. Yep. He's always going to be Robbie to me. I know. He'll, it just That's just who he is. Because I've seen him. In, he was in Scott Pilgrim. He's still mm-hmm. just Robbie. Yep. Just right. Um, but yeah, I can't remember his name right now. But yeah, the the things he used to say made me physically ill, both oh, because yeah. of how disgusting of the things he was saying and also how hard I laughed. Gross. Gross. Um, Horrible. But Jonah was just so consistently awful. And every time you had the slightest inkling that maybe you felt bad or wanted to root for him, he immediately doubled down on how terrible he was. He's like, no, I can't do it. Right. And. I was so glad that he consistently was the one who got fucked over. Uh, how oh, yeah. great was... I think I had shown it to you before you started watching it. How great is the trial with... Or the, the congressional hearing with the Jonad file? Yeah. It's one yeah. of the great moments of TV history. It's it's awesome. Just the guy reading... The, the congressman reading the list of the things. No, that's what they called me. These are like, a list of things that they used to humiliate me. <laughs> well, I love how like he is... In, when he says I want to read the list... Jonah encourages him 
And then after they've made it through like four names, the other congressman goes, do we really need to read all of these? And Jonah goes, yeah, can we not anymore? And at this point, the congressman <laughs> reading them goes, no, no, no. You know, uh, what's his name? Dan, Dan Egan said, you know, we, we, we loved and respected our, and I, I believe that this list proves that he is lying. <laughs> <laughs> the cloud botherer. The cloud botherer, tall one, Spubaka, yeah. J- James and the giant jackoff. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. The Jonad file. It's funny to think about when it's funny to reflect back on like the early episodes when you hit the end of a series. Yes. And like where they were and where they got. It's really it's pretty cool. Well this one in particular does does go through some substantial changes and Oh yeah. One of the ones that I in the moment I didn't realize it, but looking back I noticed the difference. Armando Iannucci left after I think the fourth season. Oh, so really? the final like three seasons was or four seasons something like that was um, a different showrunner. Um, well, you know what's funny? It does an ending similar to Parks and Rec with the time jumping. Yes, but just not as <laughs> pleasant. Well, it shouldn't be. It really couldn't. No, be. no, for, for people, sure. It wasn't a happy ending, but these people didn't deserve one. Right, but I feel like they watched that and they were like, "Oh, what if we did? What if we did this with our spin?" <laughs> yeah, that's, what that's it felt like. almost exactly what happened. Yes, that's, um, that's good. On the topic of Inuchi, uh I have been watching Avenue Five. How which is that? Is his new show on HBO? It's funny. It's not as good as Veep. There mm. are some similarities. You definitely feel that Veep slash Death of Stalin like vibe of some of the banter and the way that some things tie together. Okay, but overall, it's not as good. I. I don't actually love the cast overall as much. Oh, really? It's a strong a cast. Though there are a handful of pretty strong players. What's his name? Josh Gad is so great. In, in he, o- he always playing. is. He's playing like Elon Musk if Elon Musk was actually stupid. Like just legitimately really stupid. Okay. Um, where he has this like, like incredibly inflated sense of self-worth and ego that goes along with what he thinks his intelligence level is. But instead of like, and I've said it before, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I know I've talked about it with you. Whereas like, like I'm sure Elon Musk isn't actually stupid. Like he is probably smarter than the average person. He isn't the genius he wants us to think he is. Josh Gad's character is an actual moron. (laughs) Who thinks he's a genius savior. That's kind of awesome. And he has terrible hair. It's just the worst. Uh, he cracks me up. He is so funny in this role. Um, but the character is just the worst. Um, oh, man. And Hugh Laurie's still great, as, as always. Um, and there, it's definitely gotten stronger as the season's gone on. There are some really funny bits that they do, some really funny story moments they do. There's a little bit more slapstick, I think, in this. Okay. Um, it's a fun show. It's not a great show i wouldn't call it bad per se but this isn't something you're gonna drop everything to watch but if you're looking for something to fill the time there's only like eight you know 25 minute episodes or whatever it's mm. a good time okay all right maybe i'll and the season's over um i oh yeah finale might have been this past sunday i didn't watch it either the, it was either this past sunday or it's this coming sunday Okay, interesting. Uh, I, I, whatever the most recent episode is, I didn't watch that one, but I've watched the whole rest of the season. Do you sticking with it's a sticking with HBO for a minute? Do you watch Lesby tonight? 
No, I've never been a big Oliver fan. Oh, um, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, I I find him to be hysterical. I I I love that show. I think it's so good. Uh, they did a they they put an episode together this week as like yeah. a you know here's what's up, here's where we're at, and like we'll be back eventually type thing. Uh, and it was like really awkward because it's the show is in, is filmed in front of a live audience. So it was filmed in front of a live ostrich. A live, what? <laughs> a live audience. That was a, that was a Family Guy joke. I don't. It was they were ripping? Oh on, my god! I actually know that one. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. they were rip, ripping on some. I don't know if it was Big Bang or something like one of those yeah, yeah. shows. And it's like, like this. The, it's making like th- that this, weird, ridiculous noise. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but anyway, they, what they did was that uh, he recorded from some seemingly remote location. They didn't have like their set or background. It was just like a table, a white background, and they still did like the the visual editing over like the right side of like the things that he's displaying. And he's like he still lands his jokes and has to kind of time them for you to have a minute to laughs without over like talking over the laughter. So it was yeah. like really strange. But it, I feel like it's like a, it's a kind of cool thing. Like a history in the making type thing where like you look back in 20 years uh, if you want a snapshot of how we were feeling and what things were like, like this week, which is like seems to be like peak weirdness right now. Yeah. Uh, And you'll have it. It's like it's there. It's taped. Uh, It's it really it's a great it's a great like capsule of that. It's, uh, it's, it's just, it was just really it was kind of cool uh, that they did that. Yeah. It was very eerie and awkward to watch, but oh, I I, like I said, it feels like a historical document, <laughs> kind of like Galaxy Quest. Sh- show us the historical. <laughs> but that show, um, I really enjoy that. That's not one that you could really go back and watch though, because well, you I guess no. you, you could. There are certain because each episode has a has a specific topic that they deep dive into, which is actually pretty good um, to get some context around certain things. Maybe if you're interested in it, you can then go deeper from there, like things that you might not be, like, not, but that might not be on your radar, which is usually the case for me. Like, they'll bring up some foreign politic piece, talk a little bit about that, and then, like, <laughs> like the next day I'll dive into that and, like, read a little into it and, like, see what's going on there because they're just, it services interesting information at the very least for me. Um I say it's a similar thing to like a similar phenomenon to a certain extent, like with Saturday Night Live, where some oh, episodes yeah. become kind of timeless, but other ones are so of their time that they don't age well. Right. Like they're great for that week or two, but if you went back and watched it five years later, it's like, I feel like I needed to be watching this in 2013, not um, now. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. There's a man. That's that's another show. Uh, I I try to watch Saturday Night Live each week when it's on. Um, if I don't watch the whole thing, at least the weekend update, because I find that to be one of the best written, uh, best executed skits on that show. Like it's con- their most consistent. Yeah, offering. and in the last two that they did, <laughs> Michael Shea is like done, like as a joke, like he's he's finished. He like pulls out a glass of scotch, and he <laughs> he's like he's just like throwing it away, like like it's over like it's over type of attitude and it's, yeah. like, it's really the way that they executed it is actually very very funny there i've watched a couple in 2020 just because i i liked whatever guests they were having on sure that's the type of thing where like if i see like whatever guest is on and i and i'm curious yeah i'll just record that one um because i'm usually getting home from work 
like shortly after it starts or a little while after it starts. Mm-hmm. So if I'm up and like I know that it was someone that I wanted to watch, I'll try and check out some of it that night, like when I get home. Yeah. Um, but I don't really make it much of a priority. Like yeah, I watched I, the one I, with D- Daniel Craig. I watched the one with J.J. Watt. I watched the one with there was someone else I watched too. I don't remember who it was now. John Mulaney. No, I actually missed that one. Oh. I saw, like I I. Found I just I don't know why I didn't catch that one to record. Um, I set it up. I, I didn't set that one up, but I found like it was like oh these were like the best three skits that they did on the episode. So I watched mm-hmm. some of it. Um, just the Phantom of that. LaGuardia. Did you watch that one? I don't think I. S- mm. oh, wait, was that the one with the singing? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did see that one. Um, I well the thing was it was it was like some of Mulaney's like best ones on SNL plus like his best ones from this week. Was the one with the sound of music from this year's too? Yes, it was. I saw that one. That one cracked me up, actually. Each time I am 16, each time the age gap gets like plus 10 years. Yeah, yeah. He keeps moving up like three to five years each time. And each time his excuse gets I'm more. I'm actually 46. Yeah, I love it. By the end, she's like, you're only my father. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, man, I think my favorite line on that whole thing was, don't worry about it, baby. We're living in an Austria in 1930 bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just such good. a stupid joke, but his delivery cracked me up. Yeah, that that show that show is usually good for a cold open. The monologue is usually entertaining enough, and then the weekend update. Those those I try to hit each week, and then if I'm yeah. interested in the uh, in the host, I'll usually stick through some of the skits as well. There um, was one. There was one other one this year that I watched, and I don't remember who it was now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, all right. So, what else are you watching? How is how is uh? Are you watching devs? You're into that, right? Oh, I'm watching devs. And boy, am you, I watching. Are devs. you up to date on that? Which is to say, yes, I finished the most. I went, finished the episode that came out today, about ten minutes before we started recording. How many episodes is the season gonna be? Uh, it's eight total. The fourth episode dropped today. All right, so we're at the halfway mark. Yes. Okay. Um, it's extremely alex garland so if you're into his his sort of thing which you and i are mm-hmm. you're gonna like it if okay. you aren't then maybe you very much won't it's weird as one might expect um alex garland has really dialed up how weird the music is on top of everything visually and narratively oh really um, yeah oh yeah um everything in this audiovisual is meant to make you uncomfortable which if you've seen ex machina if you've seen annihilation you know that to be the case but sure. this is as yet the most idealized version of that because what a weird he gets, guy <laughs> he gets nearly eight hours to play around with it instead right. of two hours it's just what he wanted he wanted an eight exactly. hour weird sandbox which by the way like he's basically said from me he uh, <laughs> Like a month or so ago, he basically said, I don't know if I'm going to make movies anymore because I have way more pressure to perform from a specific box office standpoint. Mm-hmm. And also, there are so many hoops to jump through. He goes, I came with this script. FX said, let's do it. And then they <laughs> let me go do it. I, I came with this script. X, FX said, okay. And I went, wait, seriously? <laughs> well, that was basically what he was getting at. is like, he goes, when I'm making all these movies, I'm people are constantly fighting me. It's all these this like <laughs> bullshit you're going through. He goes, they bought the script and then said, go make the show. 
I put in all this extra weird stuff with the intention of negotiating down. Now I have to make this? <laughs> well, I don't think he's ever made anything less weird by choice. Sure. Um, <laughs> like, I just, yeah, he was just basically like, yeah, they told me to go make the show. They said, what do you need? I told them what I needed. I got those things. I made the show. He's like, it was like the least stressful thing ever. I just got to go do the thing. <laughs> that's so great. He's like, I, I think I might just do TV from now on. <laughs> I am 100% going to have to catch up on that uh, in, yeah, this, it's, it's, in these trying times. <laughs> in four episodes, and admittedly, they don't give him a ton to do at all times, but Nick Offerman is joining our pantheon of Vince Gilligan comedic actors who make mm. us feel things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing a great job so far in what little they've let him actually do. Okay. Um, it's the worst hair in the world. You've seen the trailer, oh, yeah, so you absolutely. know this. It's, it's the it's worst. It's bad. It's not good. Um, Allison Pill is really starting to convince me that she's a really good actress. Um, she makes so many creepy faces in this show. Yeah. Um, she is just so sincere at every moment. Like You can tell she's a true believer, and it's horrifying. Okay. Um, in a good way. like Creepy. Yeah, yeah, but like in a, like creepy in a good paper. way. Like you're supposed to be creepy papered by yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe I'll catch up on that too, why not? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard, right? Like, it's it's on Hulu, <laughs> it's, there's four episodes out, there's four more to come. It's very funny. Oh, no, yeah. sorry, creepy paper is very funny. This is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to creep up on that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, catch up on that. <laughs> well, you better because That's- I think the... I think the new what? <laughs> the new season comes out in like a month. We're of um, course talking about what we do in the shadows. Yes, which is delightful. Um, yeah, no, Devs is great. Sonoya Mizuno is doing a really good job in the lead. Um, there's a couple other people who you might be like, oh, I know that person. Um, this is the slightest spoiler. I'm going to say it now just because it was the thing I wanted to discuss. This show might have the single worst representation of Russian spies ever. <laughs> okay. Are you are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Almost lost that one. Um yeah, so they're just the least competent <laughs> I spies I've ever seen in my life. Awesome. Um one of them, spoiler alert, he dies in one of the most laugh out loud confusing ways I've ever seen. Oh my god. In which he had the jump on his opponent like four times in the fight and still gets killed. <laughs> and the way he got killed was so confusing to me that I had to run it back four or five times to oh figure god. it out. I was so confused. At first I didn't think he was dead because they actually cut away from the fight scene for other things. And okay. kept coming back to it. And so the moment where he dies, I thought they were going to cut and then come back. And they <laughs> didn't. And I was like, <laughs> All right. oh, so he's dead? And the reason it was so confusing was because... He's just sleeping. It, no, it felt like the camera was really focusing on a body part that, if damaged, wouldn't result in your death. Okay. And I, when I ran it back, I'm still focused where the camera's focused. And so I was missing what was killing him. Gotcha. 
until I finally saw it, and now I can't unsee it. Was it a thing that, if in focus, would not have been able to be on television? Well, it's a thing that is on television. Oh, it's and you can you can actually make out what's happening. Oh yeah, now it's haunted my dreams. It's oh. now haunted me for the last twenty four hours. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it right. was rough. Um, I will I'm catch. S- I will catch up and check back in. I'm still a little confused by it. Um, also, there's there's a sound that corresponds with the death. I'll I'll have to watch this and break it down for you. I'm gonna skip right to the fourth episode. Really, no, just, no, really it, it just was, jack it, up it, this it, whole experience. It's a, this is easier. It's in the second episode. So the problem was, uh, two episodes dropped the first day it was out, right? Okay. I watched the first one, and then I watched the second and third one yesterday, and then the fourth one today. Oh, okay. So I'm all caught up. Gotcha. The fourth one came out like at midnight. I watched it tonight after I got home from work. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so it was in the second episode. It was... A horrifying death. Um, but is the show confusing. good? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, well, like I said, if you oh, like uh, caveats Holmes, aside, we know you know where I stand. Is the show? Yeah. Good. So you're so you should like the show. It's cool. very very good. Cool. Um, I'm excited. It's insanely weird, super creepy, um, and somehow he keeps raising the bar on the weird. Like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. No. Well, there's that too. There are some sounds that they don't reach that level but they're not that far behind Mm -hmm. there are some truly horrifying sounds in this um again in the best possible way but what i will say is like the mystery box thing at the center of this like ai is the center of ex machina but it's a little more than that which Mm -hmm. we know because turing test i don't want to spoil it um what the shimmer is all about in annihilation um right like we didn't see it coming and so it was Mm -hmm. horrifying um Mm -hmm. this two to a certain extent and they've actually let you peek behind the curtain pretty early all things told i think in the second or third episode you start to get a pretty good sense as to where this is going okay in the sense of what it is that they're focused on trying to achieve and yet i still feel like there's probably going to be another evolution of that um but i'll just say um there the first episode someone gets invited to devs the secretive sub like this one department in their company Mm -hmm. um and when that person realizes what it is and in that episode they don't tell you but as soon as he actually clicks for him what they're doing he immediately runs to the bathroom and throws up oh so you know it's so you like that'll get your interest Mm -hmm. right it's like oh oh boy what's going on here you know right (laughs) Ooh, interesting but yeah no it's it's it is a super creepy show it's very well written and performed. Well, for the most part, very well written. There's a couple of things that are ever so slightly cheesy, but it's the type of stuff where it's like, it's not really affecting your like the core of the show. Like it's more ancillary stuff. Sure. Um, so I'll forgive it. Um, but for the most part, the actual show is written really well. Visuals are the best possible amalgamation of the Garland cinematography experience and FX house style. Okay. They are a really well-made match. Hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Awesome. In, that makes me excited oh, to get it. I'll say, in a way that's making me physically ill at times, but still, yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> so not, it's not going to be a show that I watch immediately before bed is what I'm understanding. I yeah, I did that last night. I Thankfully, I didn't have any nightmares, but I wouldn't advise it. Sometimes it's like, it's not even about the nightmares. It's that type of stuff will get my adrenaline up 
to the point yeah, I won't be definitely. able to fall asleep. So you need like a you need a nice come down from that, like a yes, like a Brooklyn Nine Nine, for example, which is a show that I am watching and I will continue to watch until it ends. Yeah, I did that. that. I watched two episodes last of Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, no, of oh. of Devs, yeah, and including the episode in which that one person died so terribly, um, and. After that, I was like, I should really go to bed, but instead I'm going to watch Shit's Creek to cleanse. Oh, perfect. Perfect cleanse. Yeah. Absolutely. That was what I did. Uh, you really... 9-9 is worth it. It is 100% worth it. It is it's funny so funny. I've never really been a huge Samberg guy. I he's, like him in support roles more than I like him in lead roles. I, I, was, I think you'll find that he's not actually the lead. There is no lead. So it's, it's a, like a true. It's ensemble. an ensemble show. It it I feel early on it was marketed that way just to draw you in, but the this show is the entire cast. It's because it's so always good. struck me as him and Andre Brower as co leads. No, it's not. It's not like that at all. Like we go on, we'll go on little adventures with other characters by themselves. Like it's not. It's it, it feels more like a friends ensemble than it does feel like a. Um, now we can't think of a comedy where we're focused on one group for some reason, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's really it's cleverly written. The joke, like it, it's the perfect balance of like there's an there's enough dumb jokes to balance the clever writing, and then the uh, on top of these these characters that they've built out over these past five six seasons, whatever it is, maybe more of like they are these characters like they built out like their personas have been very well established you should see where certain things are going like all of the time and then when the joke hits it's still funny because they do it so well that's the best form of of comedy right where you can see where the situation is but the specific execution still lets you enjoy it to its full extent yeah they have they just have an that whole cast has an incredible chemistry and every once in a while even if it starts to feel like it's getting it to be a little bit samey, they'll throw in Manzukas for an episode. <laughs> and he'll just shake up the whole thing. <laughs> it's it's so it, that that's another show that has me just crack up. Like constantly. Just just constantly ridiculous things going on. And on top of that, there's also heartwarming stories going on, like storylines throughout the series that are like I don't know, they 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 the last episode got emotional in a very good way. Like it was like really sweet and funny. It's just, I love it. I love it so much. It's a if you need a if you need a laugh, which you do right now, go catch up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I might get show. to that once some of the because some of these things are coming up on their finales. Like, um, what's it called? Um, Avenue Five. Like I said, either just finished or finishes this week. Curb, I think, finishes this week. Okay. Uh, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, Homeland's got a few more weeks, which I have to catch up on. Shit's Creek has what about a month left in it? Uh, I think it's like three episodes. Oh really? I know. I saw that it ended sometime in April, so I thought it was like I thought it was like mid-April. So mm. I might have some time to start diving into that. Nice. Um, Altered Carbon. I'm. It, you know, it all came out on Netflix. I'm just moving slowly. I've only seen like five sure. or six of the ten episodes. Sure. Yeah, well, when when you get there, you, you let me know. Um, I'm pretty sure that the captain will be your favorite character. He is mine. And I mean, I've seen little bits of the show, and like he does seem funny. He plays mostly the straight man. It seems like <laughs> yes, and like to a fault of like not knowing how absurdly monotone he can be. <laughs> it's really it's great. 
And then and then when he when he is passionate about something and finds the way that he's acting to be normal is just uh, it's it's magic. It's 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 television magic. <laughs> it's so good. And oh, and also you have Terry Crews popping his pecs just every five episodes. He'll just do it for no reason at all. He'll make them dance. And it's really I mean, funny. If, if I could do it that well, I would. <laughs> He's great. Uh you mentioned Homeland. Is that a show that I should watch? Um Yeah, I don't Have I missed the boat? I don't know. I mean they're in the final season now, so like the the problem is like with you, I try and come up with as many shows as I know you can watch with Kim because I know the amount of shows that you can watch on your own is fairly limited. Um, but that one might be more of a just you show. Hmm. I don't know what her mileage is with like intrigue, spy, thriller stuff. Is if it, it, it honestly, it, it the genre is not as important as the writing and execution is. So okay, well, the writing can be strong, hmm. not always. The first season is legitimately excellent in okay. in whichever way you slice it. From then, it changes a bit in... I don't want to say that it's less good per se. It's just they, f- they pick things that they want to pursue and they follow them. And sometimes it's for the best and sometimes it's not. Okay. So that's why I'm saying like the writing can be really good because when it works, it really works. But it isn't, like, because, like, you could get excellent season one and, like, good season two. And then it's like, okay, like, you'll come onto a season where it's like, ah, that wasn't very good. It's clearly on its way down. And then it'll, like, do something that'll totally redeem itself. Mm. And then, but then, like. Just when I think you can't get any dumber, (laughs) you go and do something like this. (laughs) And totally redeem yourself. Uh, Like, so she's. Um, Claire Danes is good in it. Manny Patinkin's very good. Um, Damian Lewis is very good in the first season. From there, him, but more specifically the two of their dynamic, I was kind of over it. Mm. But the show isn't for a bit. Gotcha. Um, which just kind of is what it is. Um, what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name. He was the guy who played Stalin's son in The Death of Stalin. Mm-hmm. He honestly isn't even a human being when he's introduced in the second season. Um, and then from the third season on became one of my favorite characters on the oh, show. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of so, cool. So, like, there is some really good, there's some less good. It's a good show. Overall, um, and like I said, it's had its. Moments. It's a good. It's a good show, but it's not evenly balanced. Yeah, the thing is, it just has unlike a show like Dexter, which has like just continuing to ascend from first to fourth season. Really, well, actually, I would, I like the first season better than the second season, but the third season is one of my personal favorites, and the fourth season is considered the best, like the consensus best by most of the fans. Mm. And then after the fourth season, just took a nosedive from five on. I still enjoyed it, but it's just very, like, subjectively and objectively not nearly as good in the second half of the show as it is in the first. Gotcha. I don't feel like that's the way you can so neatly describe Homeland, where Makes sense. there's peaks and valleys, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's kind right. of up and down. And they're, the they're, they're happening cross-season and probably within a single season as well, it sounds like. Yes. Okay. 
Gotcha. All right. Well, maybe maybe one day I'll catch up on that. It's not. I wouldn't say a super priority, but the first season is legitimately really good. So there's a lot of stuff that we're watching. Um, so far, I haven't mentioned any that I'm that are guilty pleasures. Um, so I'm going to talk about one that is a. Uh, it's really it, at this point, it's just uh, it's like masochistic. It's ridiculous. I'm still watching <laughs> The Walking Dead, and it's. I don't like. I I can't believe that it's act. It actually it feels like it's getting better. And I think that that's what Stockholm Syndrome is. I've watched it. <laughs> okay, so I think that's where we're at right now. I'm actually like, I enjoyed the last couple of episodes. But if I really think about them and break them down, they're still not good. Uh, the show was once good. It has long since been bad. Uh, yes. And it's, it does occasional things well. But overall, it's, it's, it's just... It is so AMC, it hurts. Um, the, the thing is, that was true five years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's even true anymore. Well, it, it, well, to a degree it is, because it's like, when you're they, they just do this thing, they're just trying to, they're just stringing you along as long as they possibly can. I don't think they actually have a, they don't have a, like a goal, it doesn't seem like, in sight. Yes, they're clearly lost at sea. But that's why I'm saying, like, it feels like AMC has kind of left it behind. That's yeah, I I well, I don't know about that. Like maybe it as in just the Walking Dead proper because like there's uh, there's all this other crap that they're doing related to it. Yeah, no, I don't mean they left it behind in the sense that they don't have content anymore because they'd have that another new thing that's just starting up which they need to not do. Yeah, but they're doing it. Um but yeah. what I mean is Five years ago, if you said, oh, this show is so AMC, like, you would be right. But what I'm saying is, at this point, what AMC actually is, is much better than what The Walking Dead is. Hmm. That's, it. That, I guess that's, that's probably, well, especially when you consider, like, Better Call Saul, that's fair. Yeah. Um, man, it's just, a, it's just such a strange thing. I keep going back to it, because I want to, you know what it is? I want it to end. In yeah. some way, shape, or form, I want it to end. And I just want to see what they decide to do for the conclusion. That's it. Uh, but they're going to drag... Like, in this previous episode, they they pulled off probably one of the last things that they can do in the realm of, like, following in the steps of the comic book because at this point, we've we've trailed off so far from characters that are still around versus around on the show and not in the comic and vice versa and, like, new characters that don't even exist in the comic. But they still try to do certain story beats that are one for one and they just did the last one that i think that they'll be able to do so i i'm like okay. are we dying down like are we getting there i don't know i, I is there a, a, like there's there's characters that are leaving the show so they haven't been on it for a few episodes <laughs> which, <laughs> which is always ridiculous i think one That's character's weird. coming back at some point it's very bizarre very I, um, strange i haven't watched any of it since it came back mm. and i'm trying to think back i may have even missed the last episode or two of the fall season half season whatever oh really yeah i don't think i even saw the finale of that half season i think i missed one or two mm. it's a we watch it and then we'll like that one thing was cool and then all of this is stupid 
why don't they just do X? Well, you know what it is? I'm not usually one to watch a movie or TV show and question the character decisions because I know that you're not going to enjoy it, right? Because from, well, there's a couple of things. One, it has to be written. Like the story is written the way that it's written. Uh, every there's so there is there are things that you notice that obviously when you're relaxed watching them the choice that was made seems dumb and illogical uh, and that that is the case sometimes and usually you can dismiss that with like yeah but you're not in the moment of the actions that like, on the things that are happening around you uh that's not the case with this show it's like every single thing that's done you go but why why'd you do that why are you being stupid the thing is, I've been doing that with the show for like years upon years now. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, so Kim and I will will watch it. We will talk about we'll talk about it in that way. Why to do this? Why to do that? And then we'll move on to something better. <laughs> yeah, I just I like I usually do now for the last couple of years when like The Walking Dead's running, I catch up every couple of weeks and like I watch a couple episodes. Just don't have the time to even watch all the things I actually want to watch. Right, so it feels like a chore, and it's like, why would I bother using my time on that? That's what it is. Like, there's times where, like, oh, let me sit down and catch up on The Walking Dead, and, like, I actually get, like, ugh. Yeah. M- Michonne hasn't been in this show for, like, four episodes. And, so that's super weird. And I know the, she's leaving, but... Yeah, at the end of this episode, when they do the trailer, the, the preview for the next week's episode... It's just her, and it's like, no, this is the this is also not good. Not having the character on the show, not great. Doing an entire episode around the one character, just as bad. They're never good. Those episodes no. are never good. <laughs> In the Walking yeah, Dead, yeah, I don't. <laughs> the thing is, Morgan and his sick sh- take on the world <laughs> was not a good episode. Like they tried to pretend that it was really artfully done. It was just filler. It was there so was, obvious. There was there was moments, but yeah, it was did not warrant a whole. <laughs> um, the problem with The Walking Dead, with all that, is the show became. It's funny because like the viewership is like half of what it was at its peak, and it's still the biggest cable show in like all of television. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually pretty insane when you think about it. The problem is it became so big that they couldn't actually surprise you anymore yeah because like they could like it was getting spoiled like despite whatever security measures they took shooting the show it's stuff's getting spoiled it's getting out so like it uh, should oh, have oh, to be been... clear i watched the show three days before it airs really yeah it just becomes available on the service that i use how the hell is that i don't know because of the ridiculously lax security they have around <laughs> releasing it i guess i guess i mean like I could see maybe a couple hours, but three no. days. No. I'm, I've been watching Walking Dead on Friday night. That's weird. <laughs> but the, anyway, the, the point I was making was, like, Rick and his whole thing should have been, like, a big earned moment. And instead, they were promoing it for four weeks. Like, we all knew he was leaving the show six months before it aired. And then, even then, it could have been like, is this the episode? No, okay. Is this the episode? No, okay. Instead, it was... We're, we got the date! Like, they were promoing it on, yeah. ABC, on a- ABC, on AMC. Like, I, at that point, it just totally deflates the whole experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, 
It's, I'm, do- I'm done talking about Walking Dead. Same. Tell me about Bless This Mess. Bless This Mess is uh, is a sleeper hit. Is what it is. The first the first season is, is it good because it looked terrible. No, okay. The first season's not very good. Uh, they had a pi- they had a season that felt like a pilot, which is yeah, unfortunate, the, and I don't the, blame anyone the, for trailing off. I would say the promos before it ever came out. The first trailer I saw for it, I was like, nope. This this second season though, hysterical, like really? laugh out loud funny. The characters like they understand who they are and how to write them now. Uh, there were some characters that were like kind of in the background here and there that they're bringing to the forefront because they're they're much more compelling and they have funnier stories that they can write for them. And now that they're more now that they're balancing the performances throughout like all of these different characters that they've introduced and they it's it is so funny. This last week episode was about Mike who is Dak Shepard's character uh wants to buy a truck because everybody in the town has a truck and he wants to feel like a member of this, you know, this like middle of nowhere town farmer. Like they drive this electric car that they used to have in the city. And like, it's like, they, they call it the Wang mobile. He finds out that they're calling him the Wang guy. The, the, like they, they, and he's like, that's, he's like, that's what they're calling me. Like that, like, this is happening behind my back. Anyway, he, he walks out. This is this is how ridiculous. He walks out of. He's talking about this. He wants a truck. He's thinking about it. They don't really have the money to do it. He walks out of a store and he's got a, cu- a cup of coffee, and he he trips and the coffee like kind of spills over the cup onto this truck. And he goes, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And he's like apologizing to it. And it's they they play it up like it's a guy. It's like a, like it's a meat cute, mm. and it's really funny. And he's like, "Oh, I didn't see you there. Wow, you're a beauty." <laughs> And then, and then sees the for sale sign and buys it, and it just goes this down this ridiculous road of he's he buys the truck without telling his wife, uh, then feels guilty and feels like he's a he's emotionally invested with it. These other two characters tell him that that's worse than cheating. He then goes to see a therapist, uh, the to the pastor to talk about it. Uh, his wife is a therapist and is in in, in the same episode is currently. Uh, like headbutting with the pastor because she's a licensed therapist and he's stealing all her clients. And when she comes out, she tries to do like a sting operation to get like him to get him to screw up. And she's got like a she's a recording device on her and she's talking to the pastor. And when she comes out, she sees her husband sitting there waiting to talk to him, and it all blows up. And he's like, <laughs> she's like, I cheated on you, <laughs> or like, oh no, I fell in love. He says, and she starts to cry. And he goes, "No, no, 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 no!" With this truck, and it, it's this it's whole outrageous episode. I feel like this episode is what the whole series has been like trying to get to, as far as like execution on their style of comedy, and they 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 finally found their foothold. Yeah, I think Parks and Rec was like that. The first season was bad. It probably lost a ton of viewers. I think even Mike Sure said they lost a ton mm-hmm. of viewers. Um, but eventually they either came back or other people who weren't in on it came to the show in yeah, later exactly. on in the run. Well, in the second, in the second, in the second season is where Rob Lowe and, and, uh, Adam Scott come in and that's, and the show takes off from there because they, I feel like they even out the casting and the Was that the line. second season or third? I, I think it's it the first episode third. of the second season. I think they're involved. No, it's, I think it's towards, if it's in the second, it's towards the end. I is think. it really? I feel like I thought it was very early on. I know. I, I 
I think they run like a good 20 episodes or something like that without them or something. Oh, wow. It's been a while since, because like I really won't watch the first season if it's, it's on or whatever. It's tough. It's, it's tough for sure. I, like, because I almost gave up with it myself. Like, it's just, it was really rough. The thing is, uh, it was running at like the fourth or fifth season or something like that. And I had friends who were really into it. And so I watched an episode or two with them. I was like, oh, this is pretty funny. Like, I never, I didn't think that this show was anything. So I started watching from the, the beginning. And I was like, this is really, really rough. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. And then I, the first season I think was relatively short. Right. But I think it's only like six episodes. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up now. The, uh... Oh, they're all fucking titled now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six... Yeah, six episodes for the first season. Um, so, yeah, I I was like, man, okay, it's a good thing this season's so short or whatever, and, like, eventually it'll get to, like, the better stuff. And I kept watching it, and in the second season the characters start becoming actual human beings because everyone was so one note in the first season. That's what made it such a rough watch for me. Yeah. And they started becoming something approaching real human beings in the second season, and then they started to really flesh out later on. Um, But yeah, I think... Yeah, no, it's not at the beginning of the the second season. Like, I'm looking at... There's the episode where Fred Armisen plays that venezuelan oh like, my god i forgot about him that's like halfway or like that's what six episodes into the the second season i don't think what's its name was in that yet um i'm not sure they definitely they come in in the second season for sure based on the dates but i'm not sure what uh now brandanowitz is still in episode 16 Mm-hmm. let's see he, he's still in episode 20 um I th- yeah, they show up at the end of the season, I think. Interesting. Let's see. Yeah, the go- Freddy Spaghetti is the final episode of that oh season. Oh my god, Freddy Spaghetti. And that's the, the, the government shut down and the parks are closed, but Res- Leslie tries to skirt the rules to hold his children's concert in the vacant lot. That's like, I think that might be the first episode that they're in. Would- no, sorry, the, the one before that's the master plan. Hmm. I'm sure that, I, it, it's, it's so funny to me that like, that's not a thing that we're easily able to have the information on. Well, I probably could do it if I did some math, but I don't want to. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> usually, even IMDb used to say, like, under the character name, like, how many episodes they appeared in, and for some reason, that's not there when I'm looking right now. Yeah, no, I have it. Yeah, so Adam Scott was in 97 episodes. Okay, and how many episodes and are there altogether? 125. Okay, so there you go. Comes in in, what, 26? 28. 28. Um... Yeah, so almost the sorry. end of the second season. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, you're they're they're so they're fully involved by the third season. So they must have yes. come in at the got it. Yeah. But anyway, that, like that's the second season. There it gets it's starting to get better like almost immediately. But when they join the cast, that's when the show takes off. Yes. So good. Oh my god, that's that show. It, you need something to watch. Give that a go. Burn through the first I- season and a half, and then you'll be good. Yeah, because you really just need it for some setup, right? Uh, yeah, you yeah you should watch it. I feel like, um, especially to get it like the information on the pit and how Andy fell into the pit. We all and- live <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> in the pit. Um, 
God, the obsession or was it we all little, fell in the pit? Was that what it was? Uh, the, yeah, the obsession with little Sebastian as well is also just a one of the just a great television, great television. Um, I am probably in the minor, in the minority. Parks and Rec over the Office all day for me. I liked the Office. I thought it was good, but Parks and Rec better show in my you, opinion. So you know that's that's how I feel about it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think the Office is really over. Um. Bless this mess, just to circle back for a minute. It's simple. It's easy. Um, we're only in the second season. If you if you want just like a, you know, just a, just a silly, just a silly different show. It's not, it's not samey. Because um, it, it's like, a, it's it's just, a, the, the concept's just a little bit different. The, you know, characters out of place, sure, been done a million times. But just the way that they're executing it is pretty, is pretty fun. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, I'm still watching The Flesh. Really enjoying the Guilty flesh. Pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Uh, I absolutely love my soap operas, of which there are now only two that I watch. <laughs> uh, the Flash is one. Riverdale is the other. I. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say The Walking Dead. Uh, no, no, that's uh, that. I, we we've already discussed. It's not necessarily a pleasure. I'm not sure what it is. Um, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's like a sunk cost situation. No, I was going for the soap opera angle. Yeah. The, oh, the, got, the it, got it. Got it. Got it. Um. No, that's insulting to soap operas. Okay, so the, there was, uh, I think it was like, uh, maybe like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, I was, I was sick for like two days. I was just like, not, I was completely out of it. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I was... It was right after I left your house. Yeah. I was, I was laying on the couch and Kim thought I was asleep and she was watching, she watches a soap opera. There's one that she's been watching for a long time that she like, she'll trail off for a little bit and then she'll come back to it. And anyway, she was watching it. You can miss thirty episodes. Exactly, and nothing. 12, and twelve minutes changed. on screen, and uh, I, I'm, I, she thought I was asleep, but she has the show on, and I'm just watching what's going on, and I got baited into it, and then I started asking questions, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, she is that her father?" And she's like, "Yes, and husband." And what? Like it, was, it wasn't that wasn't the exact thing, but it was something along those. Oh, like she dated her husband's son, or she's married to her hus- an ex husband's son, or something like that. Oh no, I remember <laughs> what it is. The woman <laughs> is married to her father's stepson. What? Uh, I th- something along those lines. <laughs> which which oh, first of all, which, which soap opera? Her ex husband's son, Bold and the Beautiful. Anyway, it was it was ah. ridiculous. I was so I, I and I was asking a question. I was like, and then and then this person's related to that person. Yeah, and this person hates this person because of this. She's like, Yeah, you're pretty much all caught up. And then there was this intense scene and she goes, The woman on the left? I was like, Yes. Yeah. She's like, She's about to slap the woman on the right. I was like, What? <laughs> Three seconds later. I was like, Nice. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me circling back to shit's crazy. Oh yeah. When Moira, when Moira slapped the Three shit times. out of Clifton last week. Yep. Forward, back, forward. And she's like, it's been a very long time since I've gotten to do this. And it's a callback to the was the was like the second episode of the show, right? Uh-huh. Sunrise Bay. She slaps around Roland. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Which is obviously from her character on the show or whatever. But. Yep, yep. Oh, you know what? Uh, also, with circling back to Shit's Creek, there's an episode where uh, Alexis is 
she's heartbroken. She's at home and she's staying at home and she's catching up on Sunrise Bay, the soap opera that her mother was in. And she becomes the moderator on the website and she starts asking yes. questions and getting invested in the show. And it's yes. very, very good. And it's basically the conversation I had with Kim. And it, it happened. It was it, the timing could not have been better. I love when the plot details of Sunrise Bay pop up in conversation oh, yeah. throughout the course of the show. And each one is somehow more ridiculous than the last one. Because mm-hmm. in that one, D- David's in bed, like, and he's like, so is this, how long were you in the that the dome for? <laughs> she goes, and you were just hanging right above your daughter. And she didn't, she didn't look up look for up. three episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, shh. Sh- She's about to look up and finally discover me there. <laughs> she hasn't looked up for three episodes. Look up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yep, Flash, Flash is still entertaining. Uh, Riverdale is still very good. Um, this Is Us? This Is Us is... Let's be honest, that's a soap opera, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. This Is Us is that thing, though, that we were a little bit... Kind of like uh, what we were talking about with High Fidelity, that, high fidelity that they could have done is This Is Us does this thing where it's like, here's a major plot point we're going to drive towards, and we're going to jump through gaps, like through time to get there. And then in another season, they're going to fill in that gap with some story that they're going to make up on the spot. And then they're going to do it again and again and again throughout the series. And it works. It's fine. It's like, it's good enough. Uh, It's heartwarming in a lot of ways. It's obviously overly dramatic. And it's like, uh, they, they pull on all like possible like family issues and matters in like every episode so that they they just cast a wide net to make sure that they've they've touched a nerve with you in some way (laughs) they do it in like every episode and they do it well uh and it's fun it's actually it's it's good it's i i it's not like um i don't know it's i don't know how to describe that kind of show it's not like it's um it's not artful i don't think it's (laughs) But it, it, it is entertaining, but it's not, you know, it's got some humor in it, which is fine. I think it's more of like the, um, it'll get you into a space of like where you, like where you can relate to at least one or two of the things going on at each, in each episode. So I guess that's more what it is, is to, is to, I don't know, find like to be grounding to some, not grounding, but like appeal to your senses and your experiences in some way to make you like, it, it it's... I don't know. It, it it kind of exploits your experiences and feelings to some degree, and not, not necessarily that that's a bad thing, but it's like pulling on that just to evoke emotion from you. Yeah, it's it's strange. Same thing with a million little things, which is the other one I forgot to put on this list. Same. It's basically the same show. I mean, not at all. Like the characters and the, what they're doing is is not they're they're not even remotely the same thing. But the show, it's the same show. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> the the storylines basically the same show. I mean, they're nothing alike. The storylines but... are not even remotely close to each other, but it's the same show. Okay. I don't know. There's, I guess whatever this genre is that I don't know how to put a name to, these the, these two shows are that. Parenthood was one of them. Hmm. It's it's the, they're just they're all the same show. <laughs> they have decent enough actors. They have decent enough writing. They cast a wide enough net to... You know, like how um, uh, like a medium or somebody will do things that are very vague uh, and and somehow it relates to you and they get you? That's what they do with these shows. I think they have those people writing them. But 
Anyway, okay. that that one's decent too. I I, I enjoy it. It's, it's good. Um, it's exciting. There's usually some sort of very dramatic thing happening. So it's funny because this is us. My mom finally did what I've done with The Walking Dead. She just cut it out of her life finally. She didn't pick it back up this season. Oh. I mean, it doesn't... I, I don't know where it's going because they don't. They just keep randomly pulling at string... Like, pulling out random like story pieces out of their ass, and then they draw a few lines to it through some of the other things that they've already <laughs> done, which is what I think is actually kind of clever about the writing. Like, while it's not groundbreaking by any means it is it's there's a lot of talent on that team to be able to weave the story without career like there's they fill these plot holes that they've made that they've kind of like they they put these gaps in there on intentionally and then whether or not they're going to get back to it they'll decide in some other season if that's where they need to fill it in to write some more story it's it's, it's interesting but they're they're decent um i think that's all the shows i have one final show curb Curb Your Enthusiasm. I lied. I have two final shows. <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm has been phenomenal. Really? Season. It's so freaking funny. Um, the last season came out a couple years ago. It was two, three years ago. And it was after like a nine-year hiatus or something like that. And it was funny. It's always funny. Mm. Um... It was funny enough, but it, overall it wasn't great. I think I was just glad to have new Curb because um, like a couple months before that, I binged my way through all of the show, the seasons before that. I had never watched it before. Mm. Um, so I think I was just gr- glad to be on board with like the concurrent season. But looking back, I really liked a couple of things that they decided to do, but I, overall it probably wasn't that strong. Okay. This season has been really, really strong. Really, really funny. It's gotten back to there's some episodes where, like, man, they have, like, eight different storylines going on. How the fuck are they going to service all of these? Are they just, is one of them going to be a one-off? And somehow they all tie back together. It's like, some of it, I think, is at this point they have the license to do. Like, with a comedy, you don't always see this or often see this at all. Some episodes, not every episode, some of them are, like, almost 45 minutes long. Mm. Um, and it works because they're because, not they're not locked to a time frame, right? Because of HBO. Sure, but like typically, especially with comedies on HBO, you're still gonna be pretty close. Like, sure, you might have one that's twenty eight episodes instead of twenty four or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, um, you know, they don't typically run over the curbs this season. Some of them have trended a little longer, but it never feels burdensome it never really feels like you're watching like an episode of like a drama or whatever hell hmm. there is twice the amount of content in a 45 minute episode of curb that there is in a 45 or 48 minute episode of the walking dead no so obviously um it's just always propulsive in that way and like i said not every like you know most of the episodes are closer to a half an hour but there was like i noticed one i was like holy shit this is like 45 minutes long mm-hmm. um it's so freaking funny it's so so well written this season um, they've had some really solid guest stars. I love when they can get good guest stars and they usually have a good balance of them playing them like heightened fictionalized versions of themselves mm-hmm. or some bit character who's gonna show up for an episode or three. Like Vince Vaughn has showed up as Marty Funkhauser's <laughs> brother or cousin because um Bob Einstein died 
before they could finish shooting the last season. Or mm-hmm. actually, really, they may not have even been able to shoot any of it. I was hoping they were going to do something about him, and they just kind of made some line about him being out of town. So maybe yeah, he was in Long Island at the uh, at, at that brew house. That guy looked and sounded like him. He was just a foot shorter than him. Brew house that doesn't make its own beer. I'm not bitter. And fat. And a lot fatter than him. Well, I guess we're not going anymore. We're going right. to host it, a That's joint right. Costanzo BLC uh, production. As it's a spin tune production, let's be serious. Well, of course. Uh, I've actually been sipping. I don't know if you noticed how I was I saw, I saw it. Sipping. I saw it. Have you tried the new Alice? No, I've been waiting because I have one to do for the show, so I was kind of waiting to have that. I think my sister had one that I gave her, though, and she enjoyed it. She said it was really good. Yeah. She texted me when, uh, when she had it or whatever. But I know I gave you a few, so I didn't know if you'd had one for yourself felt like i should have it with you for the first one of course um it's really good (laughs) i poured myself this beer um that is not getting drank because it's not very good Uh, that's unfortunate Um, but anyway curb has been phenomenal phenomenally funny i didn't actually get to watch this week's episode yet which my my buddy uh mike he uh texted me me and him on like monday or tuesday every week we kind of try and recap and last week was the episode that was part of the promotional. John Hamm is playing himself. Okay. And he shows up. And so Jeff Garland plays his agent, like Larry's agent, but also one of his best friends. Right. Like Jeff um, and Richard Lewis, who played by, or Richard Lewis playing himself, they're real life best friends. Like those are really his two best friends. Plus there's JB Smooth playing Leon, who lives in his guest house. Um, <laughs> Which. That's a whole thing, like, five seasons ago. Um, so, Jeff says that John Hamm wants to shadow Larry for a day because he's playing a role in a movie who is loosely based on Larry himself. Okay. So, Larry's like, oh, that'd be fun. Like, let's do it. Which, it's funny because it's the type of thing where you expect him to be like, that's an imposition I don't want to. Right. But every once in a while, he goes against the grain and it's like, oh, yeah, like, that's kind of flattering. Like, that would be funny. Like, John seems like a good guy. Like, let's do it. And so, like, they have a good time. And, like, John's, like, they're just following him for a day. And then, like, this episode right. goes over the course of, like, several days. And John keeps showing up. <laughs> and each time, he, each time he shows up, somehow he is very quietly added to his repertoire something from Larry's <laughs> whole shtick. Because, awesome. like... He's watching him, and he's, like, watching him have an argument with someone. He's trying to figure out, like, what are the things that Larry argues about? Who does Larry argue with, you know? What are the mannerisms? So, all of a sudden, John is, like, talking, and he's doing the same hand motions that Larry does. Right. And it's like, okay, like, that's funny, because, like, he wants to be, like, Larry on screen. Okay, I get it. And then, like, he shows up to a dinner party, and he's wearing these very old-fashioned glasses. And it's like John hasn't wore glasses the whole episode. <laughs> and so by the end of the episode, he goes to get coffee with Larry's ex-wife, uh, who's his wife in the first several seasons of the show. It's Cheryl Hines playing mm-hmm. a, a fictionalized Cheryl David. Um, and <laughs> they go to this coffee spot that is in the featured in the very beginning of the first episode that we've checked in with periodically. Larry had a bad experience with Mocha Joe. He wor- used to work a coffee stand at one of the lots for NBC okay. or Fox or whatever it was. And 
they end up running afoul of each other, and then he's never seen of again after that season. It's the season where they are going to do a Seinfeld revival. So the whole actual cast of Seinfeld shows up periodically during that season. Oh, that's funny. Because they're, they're playing themselves doing it. And like Jerry's actually on it a decent amount. And um, so we've never seen Mocha Joe again after those couple of episodes. And now he's opened up this coffee shop, and they seem to have kind of buried the hatchet. And like, so Larry had gone in, and he gets a scone because he loves scones. He gets a coffee. It's him and Jeff sitting there. And he's like, this, this scone is a little muffin-like. It doesn't have the right consistency. And so Mocha Joe comes over because he had just opened the store. Oh, how's everything? He goes, eh, the scone is... Eh, it's okay. It's kind of like a muffin. He goes, it's a scone. Mm, it's a muffin. <laughs> and he's he like hitting the table and the table's like wobbling back and forth like really aggressively. And he's like, could you slide something under the table? And, you know, and he just kind of ignores it. And he's, this coffee, Mocha Joe, this coffee is not hot coffee. He goes, yeah, it's hot. He goes, it's not. I just sat down with the coffee, and it's really, it's barely lukewarm. He goes, that's a hot cup of coffee. He goes, I want a refund of the coffee. He goes, you're not going to get one. He goes, listen, I could dip my nose in this coffee, and it wouldn't even hurt. And he just goes down, and he dips his nose into the coffee, oh my God. and he comes back up, and he goes, see nothing. I, this is not hot coffee. So Mocha Joe bans Larry from the coffee shop. Amazing. Bans Jeff, too, as, you know, part of the whole thing. Right. So... John Hamm takes Cheryl out to get coffee, and they just happen to stop at the coffee shop. And as soon as they sit down, John bumps the table, and he realizes it's wobbly. I was like, oh my god, they're going to do the whole thing. Oh, and they do. And they do. Oh, he nice. gets a scone, and he's like, this scone is a little bit more like a muffin. And Cheryl wasn't even there for that, and she already knows what's going on. Uh-huh. And then he goes... Mocha Joe, this is just not hot coffee. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, if he doesn't put his nose in that coffee. And he goes, look. And he just dips and puts the nose in the coffee. <laughs> he goes, that's a John Hamm. Get out of my... <laughs> and Cheryl goes, congratulations. You have become Larry David. That's amazing. <laughs> that See, that show seems like something that I really enjoy. Yes. It's so funny. It's so cringy at times in the way that Always Sunny is, where it just makes me physically uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I just have to walk away for a minute if I'm watching a few episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. But I love it so much. It's so well written. There's so many stupid things that pop back up later on that you'll never expect. Or you're like, I know that's going to come back around. Right. I just have no clue how. That's funny. And then it does. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? All right. Uh, that, that, one, that one seems like it'll move up further on my list. Because it's always something that I've wanted to watch. And I just, like, never, it just, I just never did. That was how I was for the longest time, and then I finally just did it, and I, I was so glad. It's so, so funny all the nice. time. Nice. My last show to talk about, I'll talk about very, very briefly, The Clone Wars. It's running 12 episodes in this final season, of it, in its re- revival for its final send-off. Uh, four episodes of the 12 have come out. All four were on one storyline, which surprised me, so that means they really can only do three or four storylines. Um... It was about... I don't know if you've... Well, that's why I'd ask about Rebels. So you saw when they met up with a couple of clones, right? Yeah. So Rex is one of the main clone characters that was on the Clone Wars shows. Mm-hmm. He, he was to Anakin as Cody was to Obi-Wan. And so he's always been one of the main clone characters going throughout the course of the show. And the first four episodes concern him looking for... 
what they thought was a dead comrade clone. Okay. Um, and they have with them what they call the Bad Batch. It was a clone group of clones with mutations, all of whom resulted in very heightened abilities. It also affected their visual appearance um, and also their ability to follow orders. Mm. Uh, it was an interesting story. It seemed like the type of story they would do in two or three episodes, but they did it in a full four. Not that any of it ever felt like filler. Like it, They were well done. Okay. I was just surprised that they devoted a full third of the final season to sure. it. Sure. But it's been good. Okay. Um, it looks great still. It's all on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, I should watch and, some and st- more stuff on Disney+, Plus because right now it's a subscription that's just sitting there. Correct. Uh, outside of this and The Mandalorian, I really haven't watched much. I do want to get to, and I think you had mentioned it maybe in the past, and someone brought it up recently with this whole, hey, if you're looking for a hidden gem you haven't watched during this quarantine time, didn't you mention The Rocketeer 100%. a while back? Yeah, we were just going to probably have to do that maybe soon because of the fact that we're, we're going to have to dip into the uh, the backlog. Yeah, I'm thinking with no new releases for quite some time, we're going to do a lot of random movies either that we love or ones like I love or you love, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's let's pencil that in for the next few weeks. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I've actually I've had the itch to rewatch the Rocketeer for dude. I've got a, I had a Rocketeer action figure. I used to really? play with all the time. It was one of those, and it was like back when like it was like a rubber action figure. Like I don't know what, what do you. It was like it's not. It's barely an action figure. It was just like he like was <laughs> stiff. His arms were straight out. His legs were straight down, and he was made of rubber. And the backpack that you were able to stick into him was also like rubber. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous, but I loved it. I loved the Rocketeer. That was one of those movies that I had. Like that was a screener copy from a uh, from a mom pop video store. Nice, like video rip. Um, <laughs> so that's everything that we've been watching. Yeah, do you want to get to some recommendations? Yes, let's do it. We're gonna help the people out. If there's, if if that list of things that we are currently watching wasn't enough, we're gonna give you a few things that we love. That are older releases, and even one or two things that are still currently on television. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give me, since I've just been talking a lot, give me your list. All right. So I actually ended up writing down six things. Nope, five things. Okay. And uh, sorry, there was a there was there were multiple spaces between one of them. Uh, it was just it was just a lot of space. It wasn't an, another entry. So <laughs> uh, five things. Uh, so as far as things that are completed. Uh, we're I'm gonna come at you hot now. You you you're home alone. You you're trapped. You can't do anything else. You got a lot of time on your hands. Watch Arrow. There's a lot of episodes, and it's uh if you've never experienced a CW show, I feel like this is a way to start because it hits every CW trope that there is, and it starts off really strong. It gets even better. Then they don't know what to do, and they add 700 characters, and everything <laughs> falls apart, and then it ends. And I just think that it's worth experiencing. <laughs> it's funny, because I've watched, like, two and a half episodes of Arrow, and, like, not in a row. Uh-huh. And even I could tell you, this is as CW as anything else. Oh, so much. And honestly, though, it, it really is... It w- my, uh, my old roommate and I started watching it, and... We were like, you know, we, we put an episode on. I was like, you want to watch another one? He was like, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure we finished, like, the first season that night. Wow. Like, we, we just kept burning through it. And uh, and then it got to the point where, like, yeah, like, we, you know, moved out, kept watching it. 
it was still on, kept watching it. Uh, it, it literally just finished like a few weeks ago. Um, what they, in the last, like in the last two or three seasons, it's really, it, it just, it's just a mess and it's all over the place. And in the final episode, they tie it all back together in a decent enough way where they're like, we made some mistakes. We killed off the wrong people. We let the wrong people stay on for too long. Let's just turn that around. <laughs> and that's like in in very soap opera style. That's basically what they do. Uh, and what, the reason why I'm suggesting this is that CW shows are 24 episodes a season, and there's like eight seasons of Arrow. <laughs> so if you need time, if you have time to kill, a lot of episodes. Why not? You know. So that's that's one of them. That's a show that's ended that you could that you could dive into. Um, another show that's on. I'm sticking with the CW theme on this one. Riverdale. I joke about this guilty pleasure of mine, Riverdale. Uh, each season is so different than the previous one. You have a murder mystery to some degree. You've got high school drama. You've got some seemingly supernatural stuff going on. You've got like cult leaderships. It's there's crazy stuff going on in the show. Wait, what? Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> nuts. It's all over the place. But it, it's all over the place in a really good way. And then there's these two characters. Jughead and Betty, who are just so much better than everybody in the town. And they've just, they just, like, their attitude towards them, like, they need to get to the bottom of every mystery, but their attitude towards everybody else's actions is just, ugh. <laughs> and it's really funny. <laughs> and I, I just, I highly, it's, it's super entertaining. It's, and I highly recommend it. You're, you're, again, you're trapped alone. You're home. You're going to be there for a while. No one's going to judge you. Put it on. CWF. They'll let you watch it for free. <laughs> just 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 do it. It's fun. Why don't you give me one? Um, okay. As we're going with canceled shows. Um canceled. The Americans. Well not canceled, finished show. Um The Americans. Tremendous show. Mm-hmm. You it's, you've always been a fan of that one. I have. It's probably a Mount Rushmore show for me. Okay. That that's um, that's high praise. <clears throat> yes. So it's it's um, the American well, you'll probably get to the other one, so I won't say it. No good. G- so your your Mount your Rushmore. Of- I didn't. So now I know that two that are on it. Um, it's the Americans and Hannibal. I assume yeah. are yes. on there. Um, man, I I feel like there's a lot of options for the other two. There are. Are they also on your list of what you should watch? Well, I'll tell you what. After the Americans, which just you want to see tremendous writing and tremendous acting, especially from like a very like tight knit group of like actors, like specifically like the three main actors, uh, Philip, Elizabeth, and uh, Stan, um, Carrie Russell. Um, oh my god, I completely forgot Philip's name. Uh, which is funny because I listened to the Carrie Russell uh, armchair ex- expert uh-huh. like a couple weeks ago, and they mentioned it a few times because like they're still like they're married in real life uh-huh. or together at least in real life. I don't actually remember if they ever got married. Um, uh, Matthew Reese, that's his name. Um, and, um, Noah Emmerich, um, the three of them are incredible. A lot of the other people who got a decent amount of run on the show are really, really, really good actors as well. Um, incredible, incredible writing. It's just a hell of a show that will keep you, it's like a lot of times it's a slow burn, but they know when to ratchet it up and give you the full blown adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. It's just a hell of a show. Nice. Hannibal is also on my list here. Um, the Americans was well lauded, critically acclaimed, but I didn't feel like it had a huge 
following of actual viewers. Sure. Obviously, it had a strong enough because it ran for six or seven seasons, whatever it was. Hannibal, even more stark, the difference between how well critically acclaimed it was and how few people watched it. Mm-hmm. Only lasted three seasons, was canceled before its time. That show was also so, so, so much better than it had any right to be. Because mm-hmm. it was just like some random show on NBC. Right. Like, realistically, like, there's plenty of shows that people really enjoy from, like, the big three or whatever. Like, Fox 2, whatever. But there is a hard cap on the overall quality at times in those shows. Mm-hmm. Like, of how good they can be. Right. Because there are severe limits put on them being on basic cable, And this right? transcends those expectations. It does, and I don't know how it did it. It's just so good. And it's pretty graphically violent at times, mm. too. Um, does, it, it's, does it suffer from like this, like the Arrested Development thing of like it's just like too good for the time that it's in? And like Probably, yeah. yes. Or, like, I don't know. If it was on HBO or something... It might have been a total smash hit because the viewership demands are different. But the reason it ran as long as it did was because it had a ton of money from foreign production companies. Like, Mm. I think France. I don't remember what the name of the company was, but I think it had a ton of money from a French production company. It wasn't wholly in-house from NBC, so it gave it it a longer leash because NBC wasn't basically spending anything on it. Okay. Um, The show was so damn good. So, so very well written, both just from the actual show standpoint, and like I've said, there's some sequences or storylines that are pulled straight from the page uh, of the Thomas Harris books that are incredible. There's one scene in late in the second season that is almost verbatim pulled from the book, and seeing it on screen almost took my breath away. Oh, it's wow. just so... Yeah, it's... I, and and it's, it's a... No one's getting killed. No one's getting anything. Like it's not one of those like, like I I'm having the 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 mailman for dinner type of thing. It's real raw emotional stuff getting deep into the nitty gritty of the human psyche, which is what the show is actually about. Because most of the show is before Hannibal is revealed to be okay. Hannibal the cannibal, right? Gotcha. Um, it it does happen in the run of the show, but the majority of the show is prior to that and so a lot of his screen time is him in the role of master psychiatrist mm-hmm. um it's just and his performance uh hugh dancy's performance as will graham um lawrence fishburne is really really good as uh as jack um and then carolyn Davernis is really good too um in a role that they swapped it was dr alan bloom became dr alana bloom in this cool um, the four of them are really, really, really good. I believe that that show and the Americans are both on Amazon Prime now. Okay. So if you're That's something. Yeah. Lo- locked up um, and have nothing to watch, those are the ones that you can choose. The Americans was longer in seasons, but those ep- those season runs were only like 13 episodes. I think Hannibal... I don't know if any of them were ever the full 24 episodes, but... Um, there's only three seasons of, and the third season was definitely shorter than the the first and second season, I think. But man, both of those shows were so damn good. Nice. Well, I'm gonna while while Al keeps you on the serious train, I'm gonna bring you back to the more like chill, like just kind of watch it and enjoy yourself. Uh, not too much thinking, just have fun. 
I'm going to bring you two, two shows that I adore. One came from Al, and that is Lovesick. We've talked about it numerous times on the show. Oh, uh, if you haven't watched it, now's the time. Just get on it. It's so good. Lovesick is British Friends. It's great. It's yeah. it's it's so well executed. It's three British it's friends three perfect the seasons. Track. Yeah, exactly. It's three like perfect seasons. It it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, it might even leave a little too soon. Uh, it's it, it's really good. The characters are so endearing. Their relationships are tr- tremendous. Uh, it's it's such a it's so well written and so well executed. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with that show, and I I actually will pro- I really want to watch that again. So that might actually be coming up for a rerun sooner rather than later. Wow. Um, and another one that fits that s- a similar bill. Again, short, short. This one's only two seasons. I mentioned it earlier. Fleabag. Uh, it's got to be watched. It's just, it's, it's got to be watched. Uh, this is going to come up again when we get into the movie. But Fleabag was tremendous. I have got one more in the back pocket, but I'm saving it for the end. Okay, um, I will go with my final show that's fully off the air. Probably also a Rushmore show for for me, but uh, distinctly different than the other two, and that's Scrubs. Oh, right. Um, yeah, you're a huge fan I, of that. I love that show so much. It's You can keep The Office. I love Parks and Rec, but it still doesn't measure up to Scrubs. It's, to me, the best uh, network comedy of the last 20 years. So. Nice. Um, I really got to get back into that. It, even though it's not perfect considering when it started, um, I also think it aged a lot better than Friends did too. Um, and Seinfeld to a certain extent. Seinfeld, even though I don't love it the way I love Scrubs, I appreciate it for how groundbreaking it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but Scrubs is just so... The, the chemistry between that cast and the cast in the writing room um, it's so phenomenal. There's so many great jokes and great gags that they did in the course of that. Uh, so many great storylines and character moments where they could just go hit you comedy, 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 and then boom, we're doing something serious now, and you're gonna sit through it. Um, and it always felt like they balanced it properly. It never felt like anything was cheap. Yes, that's that's good to hear. I like that. I, I and from what I was watching, I was very much enjoying it. It's very silly. The thing is, I just don't know how anyone couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be everyone's favorite comedy. Like, you can prefer other ones too. Sure. I just don't know how anyone could watch it. Like, li- and like, not find something funny it. about it or, or something like, compelling. Like, yeah, exactly. To not find enjoyment in it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Is that, is that the end of your suggestion list? That's the end of my canceled slash over suggestion list. I have. One that I've been watching that's still running. There's going to be a, a new season that just came out a couple months ago. A new season that'll come out eventually within the next year or whatever. Um, the Expanse, which mm. was on sci-fi. I've had multiple people is, talk about this the last couple of days that are just like, you got to watch this thing. Now it's on Amazon. Um, Amazon picked it up when it was canceled by sci-fi. Um, it's a really solid show. It scratches the itch of mine of how much I love Mass Effect. Uh-huh. It's not exactly the same by any stretch, but there are a lot of similarities to it. It's got a, a pretty sizable cast. It looks a hell of a lot better than I expected it to. It's not nearly as cheesy and soap opera as I expected a sci-fi show to be. Um, sci-fi the Network. Um, it's a legitimately good show. It's, it's not 
great. Mm-hmm. I would say it's kind of a B list char- like characters, like or like uh, actors or whatever. But you know, there's a couple of people who pop up who are fairly famous. What's the name? Um, Chad L. Coleman from The Walking Dead is on it a decent amount. David Strathairn, who I didn't know was someone that I've known from other stuff. I had known him from Billions and a bit role a couple of years ago, and he's hams it up. But he's one of, becomes one of my favorite characters um, when his run starts up. Um, Shola Dashlu is incredible. I didn't realize that she was like an Oscar-nominated actress, and now that I've seen her in a sizable role in this, I get it. She's a really good actress. Um, it's it's a good show. It can get really dark, actually. Um, there's some interesting stuff. There's some solid set piece stuff with just like kind of the general CGI stuff. There's times where they really nail the actual science behind this stuff. There's sometimes where they get a little loose with it, but I kind of forgive them because they are making a good faith effort for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an enjoyable show. It's I actually didn't love the most recent season, but I think it is based on books, books that were written actually fairly recently. Um, I think that it might have just been a case where that season met with poor source material. You know sure. what I mean? Um, but I still really enjoyed what I've seen so far, and I had held off on it for a long time. Dominic's friend um, had been pushing us to watch it for a long time, and I finally started watching it a couple months ago. I had intended to write about it for this Minchun. I probably still will. Uh, my time to do so has been dramatically reduced. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm getting to it eventually. Um, and then my final one is an honorable mention here, just because I saw the trailer tonight um, coming up, I think, in the month or so billions i love billions it's just fun it's not a transcendently great show there are moments where it elevates itself to be quite strong but it's mostly i'll call it a b plus show Mm -hmm. um it's got a couple of dynamite leads and writers who know what they are and know what they're doing like they're not trying to be true prestige so they never get out over their skis. Mm. They're just here to have a good time and tell some fun stories and fun episodes. Right. And you're just going to have... You, I never feel like at the end of an hour, I didn't get my money's worth. I always feel like I enjoy every episode, whether it be funny, whether it be serious, whether it be whatever. Um, and I think that they actually do something fairly inventive in that after the first season or so, they're not afraid to write seasons that aren't one overarching story mm. where after four or five episodes, they just say, eh, we're done with this story. Hard pivot for the rest of the season. And it's like, you know what? Good for you. Good for yeah. you. Don't stretch out that storyline that you didn't have more than five episodes mm-hmm. for. I'm okay with having two separate storylines within this one season because I see how the one half led to the next half. Right. They're distinctly different halves. We'll call them halves, even if they're not necessarily 50-50. It's like, you know what? I don't need 13 episodes about that storyline. Six episodes was right. You were right to do that. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. I appreciate that. Don't overstay your welcome. Um, exactly. The last one, my back pocket pick. Uh, this is obviously uh, this is on my Rushmore. Uh, you actually mentioned it in passing. Friends is has always been and will continue to be my favorite like one of if not my favorite television show of all time i love 
friends. Uh, it had a huge impact on me when I watched it when I was younger. I've rewatched it over and over and over since. I watched it a lot when I worked at the pizzeria, so there's a lot of friendships forged with that show playing in the background. Uh, friendships with friends? Yep. And it's just, yes, some of the, maybe a joke here or there is, is off color for the time now, but that show is just something special. And it's 10 seasons of just hysterics. And it's, I, I love it so much. And like, that's one where like, we're talking about, I, I, I'm pretty sure those are like in the 20 to 24 range per season as well. Um, there's, yeah. there isn't a single short season. They're all long. They're all full, like full seasons. Um, if you, if you, you know, you got, you got spare time and you want something to watch that you can enjoy. Like that's, that's always worth revisiting to me. I love friends so much. Friends never really did it for me. I mean, there's definitely some funny shit in there. Like I'm, I'm mostly an interloper on conversations on friends because I've seen a healthy handful of episodes, but if you're saying there's somewhere between 200 and 240, I've probably seen 15 to 20 of them across the whole run of the show. Right. Um, yeah, I would say that at times they really go all in on the homophobia. Um, some of that does not age well at all, but yeah, it, Overall, it's also not nearly as bad as, as a lot of people make it out to be today. I'm not apologizing for it. It's just not nearly as bad as other... Like, it's it's not usually malicious the way that it is done. It's It doesn't make it okay. Um, it's yeah. just there was recently, within the past year or so, there have been a lot of like write-ups about it. I don't know if it was because of the anniversary of the show or whichever one it was. Um, but... People like kind of slamming it to a degree that it doesn't really deserve. Uh, it's just not. It's it's a it's a very good show. It's very entertaining, and it has its yeah. flaws. Uh, but so it does just, so does everything, especially twenty years later. Oh sure, um, yeah. No, that's that's not really for me. It's just I've never been. Seinfeld is really the only exception. God. I've just never been the one for the one with the the can laugh track for whatever reason. It just turns me mm-hmm. off a lot. Because like, Seinfeld is there, another one that's so good. Are, yeah, uh, there just there are a ton of funny things in Friends, and it just never clicked for me overall. Mm. Uh, all I want to do is rewatch it now. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's one of the most quotable television shows of all time. Well, uh, the one that always sticks with me is one of the few that I remember like watching, and I actually saw it a couple of years ago too. Is the one where, um. Joey finds the like was it like Harlequin romance thing under yeah like uh, Rachel you got porn <laughs> yeah you got porn but it's it's uh, when she comes in and he says something along the lines vicar of, won't be home what for time hours is the vicar gonna be home <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've been waiting for hours what time is the vicar gonna be home or something like that and she goes where did you learn that word <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Zelda. you went through my room you got porn (laughs) it's a dirty book (laughs) yeah that scene cracked me Uh, I also love there's one where he puts the the shining in the freezer um, when it gets too scary that's what he does with his book and he puts it in the freezer to isolate it and Rachel was like why is this in the freezer 
and he, he explains it to her. And she's like, I've never read The Shining. And he's like, what? And like, she was like, you've never, like, somehow they get on this whole thing. He's never read Little Women. So he's reading Little Women and she's reading The Shining. And uh, when a certain thing happens in Little Women, the book ends up in the freezer. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it. So it's so silly. Um, that's plenty of recommendations. That's a bajillion shows that we're watching. Uh, we've got... This This was kind of planned because we don't have too much to say about the forthcoming movie, but I do have fun and games. Oh. And what I actually have for you is three options for fun and games. Three? Three options. It's too many. We're not going to do all of them, obviously, because I just don't want to. Um, <laughs> they're all Bond-related. So yes. do you want which Bond villain are you, which Bond movie are you, or which Bond car are you? Ooh. Um, let's go with what Bond movie am I? What Bond movie are you? Here we go. Well, let's start taking this quiz. Seven questions, not so bad. What color best describes you? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or purple? Green. Who is your favorite Bond? Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig? <laughs> Imagine picking Lazenby. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. It is. Let's let's go with Connery, I guess. Okay. What is your favorite Bond era? Ninety-five to two thousand two, two thousand six. I feel like this is the same question. Two thousand six to present. Sixty-two to sixty-seven, comma seventy-one, sixty-nine. This is these are question. these are very bizarre options. Seventy-three to eighty-five, eighty-seven to eighty-nine. <sighs> Uh, I guess the one in the early 60s and also 71. Done. Who is your favorite Bond villain out of these top 10? Dr. No, Fran Sanchez, Oric Goldfinger, Elliot Carver, Kamal Khan, Emilio Largo, Renard, Ernest Stavro Blofeld, Sir Hugo Drax, Carl Stromberg. Oric Goldfinger. Goldfinger. I expect you to die. <laughs> what kind of movies do you like? Comedy, drama, action, satire? I'm not sure. Drama. When is your birthday? Based on movie release dates. May 8th <laughs> is the first one. That's pretty funny. That's me. Nice. Uh, May 8th, April 8th, December 22nd, December 29th, June 13th, December 18th. You have another birthday. I guess we'll. you have another birthday. Who is your favorite... Pretty sure a couple of Bond movies have come out in November. Yeah, so was I. I thought like the I thought Craig ones did. Yeah. Um eh, weird. Who is your favorite singer slash band for the series? Shirley Basie, Paul McCartney, Duran Duran, Aha, Tina Turner, Madonna, or okay, Aha's on here twice. Two separate <laughs> two separate options. Is one of them with an exclamation no, or one with a question? Neither mark? have an exclamation. <laughs> um Let's go with aha. One or two. One? Okay. Question mark? You got Goldfinger. Ah, you, imagine that. By that one question that you answered. You like money, gold, well, and other stuff rich people like. <laughs> so between, between Goldfinger, Connery, and the range, like those all things. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. For sure. All right. That one probably is my favorite of all the Bond movies, or at least of all like the old like legacy Bond movies. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's um, that's up there for me. I always liked the man with the golden gun. I was always partial to that one. See, I don't think I've ever seen that whole one. Mm. That's like one of the random ones I have on VHS for some reason. 
Really? Yeah. On VHS. <laughs> that, that's the one with Christopher Lee, a Scaramanga, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've definitely seen parts of it. I don't remember the whole thing. I would, I, I would like to watch all of them. The thing is, I went through that once when I was, when I was younger. I was like, you know, somewhere in between like 10 and 13, yeah. let's say. And I got sick and I, like, I was out of school for a couple of days or something like that. And I've rented a bunch of them. And, like, tried to watch them roughly in order. The problem was, like, I was the type of sick where sometimes you just decide to take a three-hour nap. Mm -hmm. So I definitely miss parts of some of them and don't really remember all of them. Because, like... Yeah, that'll happen. The ones I really remember are, like, Dr. No, Goldfinger, um, Live and Let Die, which might be my... (laughs) It's it's, it's between... It's between... Goldfinger and Live and Let Die as my, my nah, favorite nah, of like nah, nah, nah. we should do that movie and then record the intro. <laughs> oh my god! Um, used to say <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, uh, there was a there was actually around that same age bracket. I w- had watched a bunch of them with my dad. I I think I'm gonna have to. I, I will acquire all of them and then have kids and then wait 13 years and then watch all of them. <laughs> seems like a good seems like a good option. With that, shall we get into our flick of the week? Spectre, released in 2015, PG-13, 2 hours and 28 minutes. Your IMDb synopsis. A cryptic message from James Bond's past sends him on a tra- on a trail to uncover the existence of a sinister organization named Spectre, all capital letters. With a new threat dawning, Bond learns the terrible truth about the author of all his pain in the most recent mission in his most recent missions. Um, yeah, that's pretty pretty much the entire thing. This is I uh, the movie was better than I remembered it being, but overall my tweet length review of everything post Casino Royale is all right. Um, I liked Skyfall. I feel like that's the one I didn't. I know I did, definitely didn't care for Quantum. I don't think I. I feel like I had an issue with Skyfall, and I, I'll have to rewatch it to understand for sure. The funny thing is, I feel like I remember the consensus response to Skyfall being that like everyone was like head over positive, heels yeah. for it. It was a very positive. And I was like. Review. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And, like, as I mentioned, like, several episodes ago, for whatever reason, I did not see any of these in theaters, mm. despite my abiding love of Bond movies over the years. And I remember seeing Skyfall, like, a year after it came out, and I was like, this was good. <laughs> I don't understand why it's getting talked about the way it is. Right. It's like, it's definitely good, but Casino Royale is, like, very hands good. down the better movie yeah oh absolutely here's like it's not just a good bond movie it's a legitimately good movie in its own right the uh yeah i agree and uh and that's where it it's while that movie is very good that movie and the tone that it set and the and the trajectory that it put james bond on caused the rest of this mediocrity like it's the for the first time the movies have a storyline going through a series of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so we've got a, a, a core story that's passing through four films, well, five with whatever's coming. And that's not very James Bond. 
The James Bond yeah. movies are have which which isn't necessarily a good thing or a bad. No, thing. it's just it's a it's a notable change in the way that they've they've yeah. been doing things. That being said, there are certain expectations I feel like that go along with a Bond movie just from the 700 other movies that came before it <laughs> of like a standalone um and then like when the next one comes out you know maybe there's a wink and a nod to some other things that have happened but it's really just like the legend of james bond similar to like what we've talked about with mad max where they seem to be going with that like a one-off story in this space with this character and it's you know it's usually siloed and uh it doesn't leak like too much outside but this this trailing across multiple movies i feel like they had they, they kind of wanted to do it but they didn't have a clear spot that they wanted to go to. And it's just been like, I feel like they've been telling a longer story as they go. And it's just not really landing. Yeah. I just, if you're going to go with the, Hey, we're doing this more long form storytelling thing. Uh, you has to be like a little bit more cohesive and coherent. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And when you get, a retcon that's followed by another bigger retcon that's even for like comic books is it's too bad. much yeah, yeah. No, i i absolutely agree um because that's isn't that basically what the sum total of it was right like he falls for vesper he finds out it's all a lie because of the what the hell was the name of the ellip ellipsis was that, that sounds the, right the, the, yeah the ellipsis organization but the ellipsis organ or no sorry ellipsis was the code word quantum was the organization but quantum actually was just a subsidiary of specter Mm. that was just way too much Uh, not not overly complicated like anyone could follow it it's just too much exactly like yeah i completely agree Uh, and there was something interesting like watching this one i feel like I'm rewatching this one, I should say. I feel like they were trying to do, they were trying to get back to the roots a little bit. Whereas, like, this movie by itself, without the context, would have been a fine Bond movie. A fine Bond movie. I put the D in fine and I left it off of Bond because I'm losing yeah, my. Yeah, fine mind. Bond movie. Uh, I think it would have been, it would have been not an, I'm uh, sorry, it would have been an okay movie like that in that regard. It's, they started to circle back to some of the more not overly campy but some of the campy stuff that makes it fun and entertaining and very 007 um that i feel like was lacking in the past couple but that is casino royale did the weird thing where they tried to a, a weird thing in a good way where they were like let's take the james bond character and story and make it more grounded. Let's remove the 90s and 2000s, well, the 90s and early 2000s camp from it and make it a more grounded movie with like semi-realistic possibilities for tech and how we're going to execute things. And and it worked really well and Casino Royale was so good. Uh and then they then they they went on this tangent and that that's what that's where it started to to fall apart for me. Uh, Casino Royale works really well in a vacuum, um, and then when you put it all together with these, it's just the only strong piece, in my opinion, of the whole puzzle. Yeah, I mean, I felt like to a certain extent the the issues with Skyfall was kind of like paying for the sins of the father, 
in like kind of the same way that I feel that not to the same extent, but the way I feel sometimes about Revenge of the Sith, where it's like the worst parts of Revenge of the Sith are things queued up by episodes sure. one and two. And so there's only so much you can do with that baggage clinging mm-hmm. to you. Um, and it's to a lesser extent with Skyfall, but like you can see, I think, that there's clearly some things where it's like, given a cleaner slate, we might have been able to do a more kick-ass like, version of this. And and I like again I do still think that like Skyfall was good. I didn't think that it was necessarily like super fun. And if you're not going to be legitimately great the way that Casino Royale mm-hmm. is, then your Bond movie needs to be fun. Right. And that Skyfall felt very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like we we have to really ratchet up the stakes. Everything is very serious and solemn and we're gonna get some real life messaging in this too Mm -hmm. and like those things are all fine but then you gotta really knock it out of the park like it's gotta be captain america winter soldier Mm -hmm. um and it didn't get to that level for sure no Um, no, quantum was just like a heap of trash and it's like a two-hour epilogue yeah very strange and prologue yeah i don't know that's weird. It, it never has its own story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spectre, they definitely tried to have more fun at times. The problem is, it's like overall, like it's it's a solid movie that kind of overstays its welcome. But like it definitely feels like Bond at times. But there are v- like very visible seams in like the process of the like the course of the runtime. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now we're going to do this part. And, like, that part is really good. Right. But then at the end of that part, they're like, okay, now we're going to do this part. Right. Yeah, like, they, they do... They, it's almost like playing the, the greatest hits over the years. Like, they... Like, these things... Like, they're, you're pulling... Almost making, like, a playlist of of Bond tropes. Like, the, the scene... Um, there's a, there's a, a torture scene, uh, which is very classic. Like, like, very Goldfinger. Him on the chair with the creepy guy in the room that's, like... That's uh, telling him everything that he's gonna do, <laughs> like that. Like that is very. That's a classic. Change, like, and they did that piece, and that is good in itself. But even, but even it doesn't... I would say even that scene, like, yeah, it it definitely felt like I felt it. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. Where it's like, okay, this feels like this is going to be bad. Like. Ultimately, you still think that, like, James should be able to, like, escape, mm-hmm. right? But, like, there's moments of legitimate doubt. Especially when the first drill goes into yeah. his head. Spoiler alert. Um, um, it's like, oh, he's not just going to pop out of this chair. We're doing we're, we're five years in. Let's just say that we're going to do spoilers from here on out. I, I don't think you're missing anything if you haven't seen it. So, there's that. Yeah. So, like, in that moment, like, it's like, oh, fuck, this is pretty real. The drill went into his right. head. Um and so in the nineties and earlier, it would have never gotten in there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like there's like I always felt like before anything actually serious, but the, you know, it's a nod to Casino Royale, right? Where like the torture actually hits mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? Like pretty like badly. Mm-hmm. Again, this maybe even more so. I mean, you know, what's his name? Like Lachif does threaten permanent bodily injury with what he's doing to him, mm-hmm. right? But Somehow that still felt less than 
drill in skull. Well, you know what's also that also bothered me about that is like if you use if you hit in just the right spot, you'll like lose your memory of like people's faces. And I was like, and like he has this elaborate machine so that he can drill into just the right spot, and then it doesn't happen. Well, I guess I was okay with that because listen, man, we still barely understand the human brain. Sure. Um, so it's the type of thing where it's like, oh, this region controls those things, but just because that region, like, this inch might be that for you, but it might be one inch off from that for me, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, ultimately I was kind of okay with that, but, like, getting back to what you were saying about this, like, being, like, throwbacks to, like, other scenes that we've seen in Bond, but I'll go even further and say a lesser version, like, I do, like, immediately throw back to, like, some of the other elaborate torture things. Like, we talk about it in, in Austin Powers, right? Like, oh, I'm going to come up with this elaborate, you know, setup that is easily escapable. Right. I'm just going to hope it works out, right? Like, I actually go back to to Goldfinger, right? Where he straps him to the table and he puts the laser on him and it's slowly mm-hmm. walking his way up. And, right, and he says, well, do you expect me to talk? Oh, Mr. No, Bond. I expect you to <laughs> <Yeah>. die. <laughs> and it's like... Same thing with this. Like, oh, like, what do you want from me? I'll tell you. Like, uh, maybe I'll tell you. Maybe I won't. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just here to torture you. Actually, yeah. and like, we'll get to the killing you part eventually. Um, but no, I'm just gonna have fun with you screaming and then also forgetting that girl you seem to be falling in love with. And it's like, oh, that's fucking. Uh, that's dark. That's pretty fucked up yeah. here. But like, on the other hand, while the like the weight of what that is sinks in. On the other hand, having to clearly come out and state it in that way feels like it sucks a little bit of the mystique from mm. it, right? Where it's like, oh, this is—he's on this table, and there's that thing pointing. At, oh, it's a laser! Like, what's what's that about? How is he going to escape from that? And it's like, oh, there's no escaping. Like, I'm I'm just going to kill you with it. I'm just going to slice you right <laughs> now with a laser. And it's like, slowly. Oh, I've got one more like card up my sleeve, and it's like. Okay, bring him with us. We'll figure this yeah. out. Like, I don't know. Like, This felt like it lost a bit of that charm. And you know what it is? It's because it's it has this identity crisis of like trying to... Like even in, Goldf- in, uh, yeah, in Goldfinger, like, it's, it's still wacky and campy. Like there's... They're trying to ground it and like have their cake and eat it too in a sense. Right? Where they're trying to do this new age grounded, more realistic Bond thing. But like they don't want to lose out on all of the old Bond tropes that they've established of, like, I don't know, crazy guy with a wacky scar on his face. Like, like doing weird things and saying ridiculous things and he's just here to kill... Like, it just... It doesn't work in this other world that they've built, but they're, like, afraid to let it go or realizing that if they do let it go, they've pretty much abandoned all of the stuff that they've... That, like, previously established James Bond as James Bond. It does feel like they're on, like the monkey bars and like they are holding yep. both bars yeah. and, and they, they have no momentum until they let go of the one behind mm-hmm. them. Um, I think even that scene might've worked if you try and go to a version of like that Goldfinger model where you set it up and you say, Hey, I have this, this computer program. It's just going to start drilling your head and it's going to hit that spot. And uh, either you're going to forget her and you're going to die or you're just going to die in pain. And then he just gets up and walks away and says, goodbye, yeah. James. You know, that might have been enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then it's like, okay, is this thing going to kill him or is he going to escape? And oh, God, it's in his head. Yeah. And it's recalibrating. And now he escaped. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think if you do it like that, 
you probably can bridge those two different thought processes. Yeah, maybe. Because you're getting a little bit of the best of both worlds, like having your cake and eating it. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I think at this point they've backed themselves into a corner. Sure. Um, And speaking of backing yourself into a corner, this movie ends as the end. Like, it's over. He's leaving. He's done with this. It actually would have been a perfect time to sign off Daniel Craig from these movies. I suppose so. I mean, he's left before. I don't know. It's like it, it felt more fine for whatever reason. This one felt finite in like the send off of of the actor James Bond for this rendition. And how did this one specifically end again? The uh, he's he has the gun pointed at Christoph Waltz and he looks at refunds on one side and uh, and Madeline. What was her? What's her real name on the on the other side of her on the other side? And he Lysida. Yeah. And he doesn't kill him. And then he walks towards her, and they leave. He's leaving. Oh, on the yeah. bridge, yeah. yeah. Okay. And like it's a, it's very symbolic, and it's very much like being done with this. And he's not because there's going to be another movie. Well, it's weird because it's the same thing again that he tried to do at Casino Royale, and and then it failed, and yeah. he comes back, and I guess that's. Kind of the point is that James Bond will always be I, back. He'll always be back, but in this version with Daniel Craig, it's a one long story. So, like, ending it and then, like, I don't... The Lord of the Ring endings have to stop. You know? <laughs> and it's like, when yeah. the No Time to Die organization comes into play, and is this other thing that was actually the puppet like the puppet master of the Spectre organization. <laughs> I just assume... I, I just doing? assume that No Time to Die is the organization <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I guess I guess we'll see eventually. Maybe. Who knows? Really. Um, Let's talk about our diversion in, into Italy because I was always a little confused about that whole thing. I guess it was the entry point into meeting up with Blofeld and having a Spectre organization, but it was such a weird oh, diversion. Yeah. It felt like to me. Very strange. Like the whole situation leading up to his tryst with Monica Bellucci makes zero sense nope. to me. No. I mean, like James Bond fucks, yeah. so like, like that's gonna that's gonna. He's got to make it with a with with some someone uh, with a widow. That's a that's a James Bond thing, right? Probably. Yeah. Why not? Um, I just it seems like they devoted a lot of time to culminating with that specific outcome that probably could have been a bit more efficient towards then leading us to him going and finding Spectre. Yeah, or 30 minutes entirely cut out of the movie because it has no impact. Well, <laughs> you know, he has, has to show up and someone has to tip off to Blofeld that he's there and sure. he has to finally confirm James's worst suspicion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm okay with the spirit of that. It's just how they got there seemed way unnecessarily contrived. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's all it's all very very clunky. The whole yeah, the whole thing. Um, I will say. Speaking of clunky, oh, go ahead. I was say speaking of clunky. Um, how about the explanation of James and Blofeld's past? Dumb, dumb. Like, if we're gonna go to those lengths to set that up, can you actually tell us what the fuck that was all about? Yeah, he was raised by this guy who adopted him. 
who had a son, and yeah. the son was jealous no. and killed the father. That's it. I get it, but it just like came out in such like a flat way. I was just like, all, all, all at once in one it? giant chunk of exposition. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like what? We have this picture with like, one face burnt any... off, and this is your mystery. And then instead of slowly revealing it over time, we're going to just race into the room with the bad guy and have him tell us everything. It was like the worst possible example of like, <laughs> tell, don't show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a big old Which was like so fitting for what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just like... Like, we talk about that all the time. Like, show me, don't tell mm-hmm. me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell me a little bit, but then, like, back it up. It's like, oh, hey, James, remember that time that my dad adopted you because your parents died? And then I was a fucking little shit about it, and then I killed my dad? And I was like, um... What? Right. <laughs> right. In, in this, in this four-movie arc of retcons, that was another weird one. Like, we're supposed to get, I imagine, that, like, classic, like, black sheep like type of situation right where it's or almost i guess the prodigal son like returning type mm-hmm. of thing where it's oh hey remember those times that we used to be like best friends slash brothers and then we grew apart and jealousy took over and like like the thor loki yeah. thing or something like that and it was just hey we were kind of foster brothers for a while and then i killed my dad because he liked you not even necessarily like you more than me I just didn't like that he liked he, you. He just liked you, yeah. Now. By the way, I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, and also super genius and mega billionaire. Right. Duh. And I, I literally rule the world uh, because my dad liked you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, slow down. Like, this might be the flu talking because I watched this while, like, the flu finally took its hold. And I was like, but just, can we go back five seconds to, like... What the fuck is going Daniel on? Daniel Craig is 007 in Daddy Issues. Yeah, I... Ah. Uh, like, some, somehow even worse explained than the connection between Batman and Superman vis-a-vis Mark. Whose name escapes me. <laughs> Q is well-casted. What's up? Q is well-casted. Ben Weishaw. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Wishaw's done a, a really good job in that role. Uh, he, I don't know why I thought he was not in this movie, and then he ended up being in it, and I was like, oh, okay, that's good. And, and I think he'll he's back again for No Time mm-hmm. to Die, whenever it is that that's coming around. I guess they have plenty of time to die, because they push back the movie that's six true. months. Um, but uh, he's a good actor. Yeah, I really like him. And um, I also, obviously, a big fan of Ray Fiennes, and... Oh yeah, he's great. M, Q, and C are rock stars. Uh, also, uh, Money Penny <laughs> is tremendous in this as well. Even though she's like she's criminally little time on screen, I feel like the character is is really well executed. Yeah, like she had a decent bit of screen time. It seemed like they were queuing her up to be like a bigger part of like the whole universe, mm-hmm. and then I felt like they sidelined her a lot in this one. Well, you know what's interesting, and I can't remember this being the case in other Bond movies. But we go off screen from Bond a lot in this movie and do some side stuff with these other characters. Um, Not a lot, a lot, but like enough that it's, that you can notice it. We're like, where we... I mean, they've always gone to other storylines and other Bonds, but this one has the closest to an ensemble cast that any of them have ever yeah. had. Like in that sense where it's like, let's get multiple MI6 storylines going. Mm-hmm. 
That was that was interesting to me. I also um I really, really, really like Andrew Scott. So like over the past like year rewatching things, I'm like, oh my god, he was in that too. Like now that he's like in the forefront of my mind from watching Fleabag and a couple of other things, like when he popped up in 1917, he pops up in this. Like yeah. he's been popping up all over the place in things that I have watched or am watching, and I'm like, this is like you're everywhere, dude. And I think he's really good. He was oh man in the in the Sherlock uh, BBC show, he is awesome. Oh, I don't uh, know he's so that. good. Um. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I just think he's really good. I also love that line of I guess we know what the C stands for. Where Ray finds it's just <laughs> had enough at the end of the movie and <laughs> and yeah, throws him good. off of a banister, basically. I mean he doesn't really, but he does. <laughs> oh yeah, he uh, he went He didn't throw him, but um, he also didn't pull him back. <laughs> I won't kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you. <laughs> oh man but yeah overall the movie is, is just it's it's kind of just there yeah like i said it's you know what it is is i felt it was i felt it to some extent when we first watched it because i know i mentioned it to some degree when we did our episode but i it's it's settled within me even more strongly as time gone on this movie reminds me of how i felt watching john wick 3 um in that, like I said, I felt like different sequences are very, like, stitched mm-hmm. together. Like, it doesn't really flow very nicely. It feels like, and now is the time where we're going to do the sequence at this place. Mm-hmm. And now is the time we're going to do the sequence at this place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where it does, never feels like it's, like, an organic bit of storytelling. It's just set piece, pause, set piece, pause, set piece. Yeah, that 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 always sucks to see because it it, it it just you, it, it's funny when you can when you can clearly see the seams, it's uh it's hard to get past. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other notes on this film? No, although I realized that we never really formalized our grades on this movie. How did you? Feel oh, about this? um, I think I'm gonna come in at like a six. That feels right to me as well. I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, it's definitely fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think it's a solid movie. I, I didn't, like, not enjoy my time watching it. it, it Same. It was... I, I, I enjoyed the ride enough. Yeah. Um, and I do think there was, like, legitimately good things that I do feel like there's times where it's like, man, there's got to have been a better way to, like, stitch this together, transition from this to that, or explain what it is that's going Like, I never really... Or maybe I'm just misremembering now. What, what what even was Spectre's plan? Like, was there an overarching plan, or was it yes. just generally world domination? It was surveillance. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's what well, I'm saying. Like, it's it's probably kind of comes a- down to like the sale of information and using and like like basic yeah like the, watching everybody and then making money off of that. <sighs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it felt like their plot was very vague and generic like and truly i don't remember quantum like hardly i don't yeah i couldn't i could not even guess what that movie was about at this point i think it had something to do with controlling the water source of somewhere in south america do you think a pipe explodes at some point yeah that's what i'm saying i think it had something to do with water but i could be wrong um but casino royale had a very clear thing lashif is an arms dealer we want to know who he's selling to we're going to try and squeeze him for that money 
if he wins the money, he'll be able to pay back these arms dealers. Like, that was a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Skyfall, you know, had a very specific former agent. He wants to punish M, wants her to feel it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And atone slash pay for her sins. And this is my plot to do all of that and to hurt and cripple MI6. It's like, okay, I get it. I can follow it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Right. Quantum and um, Spectre, it felt like there was like, not that I was, like it was like not well explained, but it just like feels so amorphous and vague. Like it's just, we're going to just do generally bad yeah. stuff. But it, absolutely. Like vampire stuff. It was just, yeah. Yes. It was a bad surveillance thing. That's, our, that's what our topic is. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, we're going to do things and, like, you're not going to like mm. it. It's like, a, mm, give me something more specific yeah. to care that you guys are doing this. Because, like, any number of people are doing things that I don't like. They in the just world. made the surveillance system um, and then they went, money, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, there was actually several years ago. I feel like it's such a weird one-off thing. Jeffrey Deaver, I think it was, wrote a Bond novel. Like, he was licensed to do a Bond novel. And the whole plot came down to this waste management company was selling paper shredders to people who were shredding confidential documents Hmm. with incredibly well-made and reliable high-speed like cameras so that when you go to shred the documents, it snaps a picture of those documents (laughs) and they can then sell those secrets. And I was like, okay... Kind of a convoluted, cheesy plot, but that's like a very specific, actionable bit of nefarious things, right? Like, we're going to get these shredders into all these major institutions, and we'll have all your secrets to sell to the highest bidder or to use for our own nefarious games. Like, oh, okay. That's a clear, actionable bad bad goal. Yeah. (laughs) Not here. Not here. (laughs) Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for coming out. Yeah.